welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 119. As always, you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Spotify. Um, you can check out us check us out on social media. Uh, we have a Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page, as well as the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook group. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei and send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Now that we got the intros out the way uh, to provide some context for this episode, um, UFC on ESPN Plus One literally just ended about 20, 25 minutes ago. It is currently 1.11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we did some rearranging um, in the dojo. As the anti-cool uh, told you guys, probably about four or five episodes in a row, um, he would not be here to, uh, to cover this card, and he is not here. Um, but, you know, we, ha- we have a, a substitute teacher, um, you know, I drag Joey in the dojo when I need him, and he's here. So me and Joey are gonna tackle this uh this card that we all just you know this this historic moment for the UFC um being on ESPN. So I drag Joey in here. Thank you for um <coughs> being forcefully dragged and and not you know not not uh, fighting against the program. I no, I'm cool with it. Uh, we got dumber, but we got better looking. So it all works out. <laughs> uh, the Anacool's not here. Uh, you know, he's a big parks guy. He likes to be out in nature. I heard a rumor that uh, he went out and was attacked by mountain lions. We haven't confirmed his return yet. Uh, I, I Last I heard, he escaped via hot air balloon. So he could be floating around the, uh, the Carolinas potentially right now. He should be back next week, though. So you got me. This connects the dots because his one of his last Twitter posts was him. Uh, I guess he accidentally broke his heavy bag, so I guess he was training to fight. Uh, that's what was going on. Man, what if he's flying to? Uh, <laughs> what if he's flying to, to uh, Mayweather headquarters to take your fight? Oh no, he can't do that. No, that's that's for me. <laughs> can't just be stealing fights. I know he's that kind of guy. But you know what? He probably would have every right to because boy, did I not train today. Um, I came home from work and I ate some Little Caesars pizza. <laughs> That's good. That's just carbs you got to burn off. <laughs> so maybe he deserved that fight. I'm definitely uh, I have not been cutting weight <laughs> as, of, as of as of late. Well, we um, just learned tonight cutting weight not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not at all. But um, so yeah, this this podcast uh going to be a bit of di- different format um. Some of these formalities we're just gonna skip because it's kind of late. Uh, I think kind of it's pretty late in the. I don't know if you call it day night. I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> but um, 
I do, uh, in preparation for this podcast, uh, I actually did not foresee me recording with anybody. I thought I was going to be by myself. So I took a gang of notes because we actually haven't recorded since like the first week of January, something like that. So there've been a lot of fight announcements since the last time we recorded our award show. And now, so I'm going to run through this host, (laughs) this, this, this slew of fights that I have listed. Now, should I shut up and let you do roll call, or do you want? Are you going to be like talk about this fight? Like, what is my? Uh, as you can uh, tell, we did a whole lot of prep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to eventually have to take a break through some of these because <laughs> um, this is this is a lot. Like, I have UFC fights listed, I have Bellator listed, and then I have a couple of just miscellaneous ones. Um, all right, you know what? I'm going to try to speed run through these. And then we'll go back and maybe talk about, like, one or two of them. Sure. Because um, some of them I think we've already kind of talked about before when they were just, like, rumors. And then we'll, we'll wing it from there. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, uh, starting from the top. One of the biggest fights that got announced. I think we mentioned this before, but now it's, like, official, official. Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Edson Barboza, I believe, is going down on UFC on ESPN2. Uh, Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal, and then also Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. Both of those fights will be at UFC London. Um, UFC 237, we will have Rose Namajunas. Uh, she will be back defending her title against Jessica Andrade. And then UFC Wichita has like 80 fights announced, um, some <laughs> of which include Junior Dos Santos and Derek Lewis, Zaleski Dos Santos and Curtis Melinder, Anthony Rocco Martin versus Sergio Marais, Benel Darius versus Drew Dober, Tim Boach versus Amari Akhmedov, Marion Renault versus Yana Kuniskaya, Daniel Spitz versus Jeff Hughes. Then at UFC Prague, we have Daniel Tamor versus Chris Fishgold. Um, also at UFC Prague, uh, I don't know if this fight is official, but I wrote it down. I think it's like a rumor, but Petr Jan, um, he signed a new contract, a new extension, and allegedly, I believe, his next fight. It's supposed to be John Dotson, but I can't remember if that's official or not. Official. Um, well, we'll just say it's official. It's official. Okay. All right. So that'll be going down at UFC Prague. Um, at UFC Fight Night, Fortaleza, if I'm saying that right, uh, Charles Dubronx Oliveira will be fighting David Taymor. Um, at UFC 234, we have Ronnie Yaha and Ricky Simon, and we also have Lando Venata versus Marcos Mariano. Um, also on UFC on ESPN2, Michelle Waterson versus Carolina Kovlokovich. Um, at UFC 235, we have Poliana Viana versus Hannah Cyphers, and also Thomas Almeida versus Marlon Vera. That should be an awesome fight. Um, UFC on ESPN for their March 30th event will have Alexa Grasso versus uh, Marina Rodriguez. And the last fight I have, which just got made uh, official, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And and Anthony Pettis, that is an official fight. I thought it was funny when they announced it and like during the broadcast because they're like, this was the fight that the fans wanted. And I was like, I don't know if the fans wanted. It. I think just those two wanted it, and we just kind of <laughs> we just kind of said, all right, whatever, <laughs> I guess. You know, that's that's the thing. So uh, that's all I have for UFC fights. But the list continues. Uh, moving on to Bellator announcements. Uh, we got Logan Storley versus Eon Pascu, Eric Silver versus Yaroslav Amasov. Um, at Bellator 217, we have Sinadad Kavanaugh and Olga Rubin. Um, headlining the Bellator 217 card will be James Gallagher versus Stephen Graham. Um, 
this next fight I don't have the event, but AJ God, I'm gonna butcher this name. AJ Agazarm, who I mentioned on this podcast, I don't know how many episodes ago. Um, I think he is a jujitsu practitioner. I think he won like a IBFFJ. I'm probably saying that wrong too. You guys know the tournament. <laughs> he, he won one of those uh, a while back, but he will be making his uh, debut against Jesse Roberts. Um, and Bellator has signed a University of Missouri wrestler Johnny Eblen uh, to a contract. He is currently 4-0. and I want to say he's a middleweight. I didn't write that down, so don't quote me. But, you know, keep an eye out on that. And, unfortunately, uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. was pulled from uh, Bellator 214. Uh, you know, Gegard got injured. I guess they didn't find a replacement. So, that fight is just, you know, no longer a thing. And the last few fights I have listed, um, Vanessa Porto and Pearl Gonzalez will be fighting for the vacant flyweight title at Invicta FC 34. Um, at Cage Warriors 102, we'll have a middleweight title fight between James Webb I'm going to guess this is Thomas Robinson because I spelt it Toas, T-H-O-A-S. I don't think that's a real name. So there's probably an M in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's 130. It's like 130, guys. And uh, Cage Warriors, uh, 170. Uh, interim uh, welterweight title between Nicholas Dalby and Alex Lohor, if I'm saying that correct. And the last fight I have is a middleweight title fight between Brendan Allen and Moses Marietta at LFA 61. I hope that wasn't an LFA card that happened like the other day. I don't, uh, think, so. I don't think so, no. Okay. No, because it, uh, it was a different guy who everybody wants the UFC to sign. I just can't remember his name. Okay. All right, so those are the uh, fight announcements uh, for the week and such. Uh, I guess to go back. Real quick to piggyback just off of some of these, um, I guess just like quick thoughts. Uh, how, how do you feel about Darren Till and Masvidal? So, like, when you first brought one, when it was first announced, I was pretty sure that this was like a nice little rebound fight for Darren Till. This is a guy, Jorge Masvidal, who gives up rounds willingly and frequently. Um, and. He's a natural lightweight, and Darren Till's probably a dude who could fight upwards of 190-plus on fight night. So I thought pretty easy Till. But I'm kind of thinking of some of the stuff the Anticle has said in the past about Darren Till that finally sort of started to get exposed a little bit, primarily his inability to fight when someone fights forward on him, uh, primarily his inability to, to really be able to counter that well. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still going Till. I think his upside is too high, and I think Masvidal, I mean, like, I when's the last time Jorge Masvidal fought? I couldn't even, like, tell you off the top of my head. I want to say it was, like, November of 2016, 2017, 2017. So, uh, I'm, I don't even know what we're going to get out of Masvidal. I, I'm comfortably saying Till, but I could see Masvidal getting inside on him and busting him up. And always worry about a guy's chin after he gets dropped the way that Till got dropped, so... I feel like I the I feel about that fight the same way I feel about Wonder Boy versus Pettis. Like in theory, the bigger guy should win, right? But <laughs> some of their flaws are just so out there that it's like I can see you somehow losing this fight. I, I yeah, can, I, can, I can picture it in my head. Till should win right. by skill set, by size, like everything points that Till should win this fight. 
but there's just there's a small part of me that just thinks you know what he might he might drop this one but then like the same <laughs> way <laughs> i can see it but like with masvidal like you said like he he is a really talented fighter but there there's sometimes i think he loses fights that he should win for one reason or another so i don't know it, it's almost like who's gonna have the worst misfortune who's gonna be dumb at what precise moment yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing I think Masvidal could tag him up, but I think the only thing that's kind of making me lean more towards Till is that size, and that I think if he if he could catch Hort, if he actually throws a punch, because his output is another <laughs> that's another could, yeah. Till thing. But <laughs> if if he can if he can catch him a good clean time, I think he could put him away. I can absolutely see Darren Till coming forward heavy on his lead leg and Jorge Masvidal leaping in with something and dropping him. Just see it because of the way he fights and the fact that Masvidal, every once in a while, for brief glimpses of time, remembers he's in a pro fight. And he'll just be like, oh, fuck, I got to throw punches now. And, like, I can just see Till inviting him in and then getting it and then not wanting it. So uh, it's kind of a tricky fight. It's intriguing. And I think when combined with Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson, that's a pretty good one-two combination in terms of, like, big fights, quote-unquote. Yeah. And I, I like the Edwards and Nelson fight. Um, I like Edwards, but I do worry about this fight for him. I, I feel like this fight goes as well as it can for him until that very first time he gets taken down. Right. I could see that. I could see that totally. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, eh, I, I don't know. I don't know how he he gets out of that. But I think it's a good it's a good matchup. Um they're him, evenly so. matched, and I kind of think they're both kind of in the same spot in the division, and uh, I'm cool with it. I can't yeah. root against that. I can't root for somebody who beat Cowboy Oliveira, though, so. Yeah. yeah. I'll be on the Leon Edwards train for that. Gaethje Barboza. Lots of incoming violence. Yeah, like Anna Cool and I had discussed. He's here in spirit, folks. The two best leg kickers in the division, and... I just, like, I still wonder about Edson Barboza. Like, Edson Barboza, if you think about it, fought Khabib and then Kevin Lee in, like, the same calendar year. Like, December to December. He fought both of those guys and took a lot of damage. So I know he held up pretty well against, uh, almost said TJ Hooker, against Dan Hooker. <laughs> That'd be a fucking fight. Uh, against Dan Hooker. But I always worry about Barbosa and... If this fight goes beyond two rounds, I think it's it's Gaethje's fight. Just because that's the kind of fight he's going to want, and that's the kind of fight that Barbosa's going to want to avoid. And I think Gaethje is a smart... I think he's deceptively smart as a fighter, and I don't think he's going to have a lot of problems cutting off the cutting off the space that Barbosa's going to need to throw some of those funky techniques. Yeah. Uh, this fight is really hard for me to pick, but... Uh, it's so- I think it's coming down for me is who do I think will... Because there's going to be a lot of offense in this fight. But I think if I was to pick who's going to wilt first, who's going to slow down even by the slightest, I think it's going to be Barboza. Because if Gaethje starts to pressure him, yeah, like you said, if he, if he doesn't let him get off that space, it might be a could be a long night. <laughs> yeah. Could, could be... Or, or just one of those fights where he just can't really get comfortable enough to... <clears throat> he'll definitely have his moments. He's Barboza. He's going to have his moments, but it might just become a point where he gets overwhelmed. And I don't know if that's going to be a headliner, so I don't know if that's going to be a three-round or a five-round, 
But I, yeah, I, I think the longer that fight goes, the more it, it probably favors Gaethje. And just just to back you up here, so people don't think you're taking shots at Barbosa, there's really nothing. There's like it's almost humane to wilt under the pressure of Justin Gaethje. Like it's not. We're not trying to take a shot at this guy not having any heart. We're talking. Yeah, about... no, yeah, he's a yeah. The Gaethje's a different kind of right. Yeah, that's a different well, because, kind of pressure. You know, you you hate to. Obviously, we're not speaking to those people, but there's always the whole like, you know, especially with Edson Barbosa, like oh he wilts under pressure kind of meme, but. We're talking about a completely different kind of pressure. Like, I think anybody, there are probably like middleweights who would welt under that KG pressure. Pressure. So, yeah, he doesn't. He he literally doesn't die. <clears throat> it's like you hit him, and his health bar stays at like that one percent, and it never goes to zero. It's like... <laughs> it's actually like you ever have those bosses who, uh, it's red, and you get all the red gone, and then the blue pops up right after the <laughs> right. red, and then you gotta get rid of the blue, and then there's green. So he's he's a man of fifty uh fifty health bars. Yeah, yeah. He he does not he doesn't go away easy. But I think that's like an early potential like fight of the year kind of fight. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to that one. And God God bless whoever wins that fight because I'm pretty sure both of those guys are gonna be in some pain that next day when they wake up if they wake up. <laughs> like that's one of those fights I look at like somebody could die in this fight. Like it's, it's, it's so I mean, violent. You hate like, to, you hate to put like you hate to put it that way, but like yeah, it's like, you know, um and the best part is like the winner of this fight gets to fight Tony Ferguson or Dustin Poirier, which is probably not any fun either. Like the top twenty five is just a bunch of violent dudes and Gregor Gillespie. Like that's yeah. the top twenty five of this division. Yeah, Especially with, we're going to talk about him later too. With Donald, really, like Donald Cerrone came back, back in a big way. Yeah, insert new challenger. There you go. A new challenger <laughs> has entered the arena. An yeah. old challenger. Right. But yeah, so there, there are a lot of awesome fights. This this year is, is shaping up. There, there, there's some fun fights uh, to look forward to. And last, yeah. real quick, I just go saw ahead. this uh, on the front page of Sure Dog. I didn't get a chance to write it down. Uh, I got flyweight. I guess lives to see another day. Uh, we'll have Davidson Figueroa, uh, yeah, Figueredo, and uh, Juicy Formiga will be fighting uh, at UFC Nashville. So, shout out. They didn't, to want, they didn't want to put that fight in Fortaleza. Too too many Brazilian versus Brazilian matchups already on that card. <laughs> they could do another one. Yeah. Well, just shout out to all the flyweights who are still getting booked. I hope. Yeah, you know, and like we're gonna talk about tonight, but like I don't think they're out of the woods. We'll talk about it. We got yeah. we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are all the fights uh, announcements. So, violence is coming in 2019. Uh, so you know, just yeah, just be like ready. just just you know, UFC 234 is probably the weakest card I think so far. Like 234 with um, uh, you know, with the with the two middleweight fights at the top, and then it's like here's every contender series guy ever and a few Aussies. <laughs> like two, three, four is probably your weakest card, but even two, three, four has got some fun stuff on it too. And uh, that London card is smoking. I mean, we're talking about Gunnar Nelson against Leon Edwards, and we're talking about Darren Till against Jorge Masvidal, and Dominic Reyes against your boy Vulcan Uzdemir. And uh, oh, no, Reyes is my boy in that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trade allegiances <laughs> ruined. Uh, and, and there are some other pretty good fights too. Like I think. Uh, Nate Wood is probably going to be, Nathaniel Wood's going to be on that card. So you got some good stuff going. We're going to be okay, fight fans. We will be all right. We, 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 uh, a good fight card tonight and plenty more coming. Yeah. So, 
speaking of, we'll just uh, we'll move on to the uh, main 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 event of the evening. This uh, this good old ESPN Plus card, uh, Suhudo versus Dillashaw. <coughs> well, as you guys already know, um, the first card on ESPN Plus. Um, I actually had to sign up today. I gave in, so they they're gonna steal their four ninety nine a month from me. And then I'll forget that I'm I'll, I'll forget that I'm paying for it, and it'll just be a reoccurring thing. And, well, yeah. I mean, if you like combat sports, they got a lot of that. Um, I've been using it this week because I I signed up literally like I, I signed up I want to say New Year's weekend, and then never used it until this week. But they've got some good NBA, and they've got some NHL, and they've got fights, so you'll be you'll be all right. Quick question: Can you can you go back and watch something that already happened? Man, I was able to do it with some. I was able to do it with a basketball game I was watching, but I only tried it with that, so I don't know. Okay, because that was my worry about, like, watching the fights. Like, if I wanted to just, you know, wake up tomorrow and watch some of these again, like, is it still going to be there? or Shit, we're it... going to find out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but I was able to watch a basketball game that I had watched. It was like a college basketball game, so. Right. Hopefully they got replay. Um, I mean, but real on, quick, it's 20, 2019. You got to have replay. Yeah, that and this ESPN. They you they don't pay pull. You paid how much? How many millions of dollars for this fucking TV deal? You can't get the replays from them, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you made a mistake. Yeah, and I'll depend on like ESPN to not pull like a Bellator and put us in tape delays and all kinds of wild, you know. I I hope they'll they'll yeah. I, I feel like everything will be right, and I, that's what I was gonna say before we even start talking about the fights. Um, just in terms of like the ESPN Plus platform and. Just like this whole rollout, um, how have you enjoyed? Just like the, how have you enjoyed it? Just from I guess a, a broadcast standpoint, a presentation standpoint. Um, well, I'll say real quick, when I first turned on the stream, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is clear. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that jumped out to me. But I all, I also feel like that's incriminating. Because I imagine that most of these streams are very, very clear. Like, I, I never had a problem with the Fight Pass stream being murky. But uh, this one was really nice. It was a, it was a good-looking stream. And, and most of their, again, most of their combat sports, like the bo- uh, the boxing stream last night was pretty good, too. So, um, in terms of the rollout, like, uh, you know what? It We're comparing it to, like, the worst. So, it's hard to immediately, like, to say it's better is almost like, a, like, uh, like no, no shit, it's better. Um, ESPN Plus was better than Fox, but then again, Fox was like the lowest of the totem poles, so you're really comparing it to like the worst possible scenario. I had one issue with my stream, I don't know if you had it, it was during the Dustin Ortiz entrance, where it like died out and then jumped around to some commercials, and then came back as Ortiz was finishing his entrance. Other than that though, it was all good. Um, For me, the number one thing was just the pacing is different, and I was, from what I read, most UFC main events start around 12.30, 12.40, and this one started about 12, a little after 12, but damn, did it not feel like that. Like, this card, I thought, moved really well after the ESPN Plus prelims, which ended early, like, every fight ended early up until the the uh, the top fight, so I, I, um, I was comfortable with it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was streamlined pretty well. I could use with a whole lot less Stephen A. Smith. We could start there, but <laughs> I, I think he was actually pretty. He was either really, really, really like tutored, 
or just happened to have the best night of his life as a professional. So, I feel like somebody in the production truck was was reeling his, you know, <laughs> somebody was in his ear, like, all right, man, shouting listen. in his ear. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I won't I won't bug Stephen A. Like I thought he actually did a pretty decent job. Um, and we we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but I I think with Stephen A. At least with this broadcast, and I, I would hope they do this with everyone that he's a part of. Like he's there, you know, he he is a, a bright, you know, kind of out there personality. But I don't think they they put him too outside of his element. Like all of his talking points were kind of just he didn't say anything too crazy. And then they had Bisbing there by his side, so I think if he even would have said anything too wild, Bisbing was kind of there to reel him back in. But I think he stayed within. If, if you ha- if you haven't seen Stephen A on on his programming, this this was very tame for him. Or just unboxing, like there yeah. were <laughs> him and Teddy Atlas going blow for blow. Right. <laughs> like I think, and I think that helps. Like I wonder if like I wonder what the conversation was before they went on air because I get the feeling that Teddy Atlas probably welcomes confrontation, and not that Michael Bisping is a wallflower or anything, but he just got this job. So he's probably not going to get into a back and forth like, no, look, you, you like goof. This is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I think he did a good job. And I think Cormier and Stephen A. Smith, I thought, kind of meshed pretty well for their brief moment in time together. So Stephen A. was tolerable. I don't want to see him again. Uh, you know, quit while you're ahead. <laughs> uh, what, did you th- <laughs> what did you think of the graphical updates or just the uh, the look overall to the product? I like it. It looks more... Like, I didn't even notice at first, like, they had the ESPN microphones. Like, it, it did seem a lot more, like, official. Like, it just, everything looked cleaner. It looked more presentable. It just, I feel like it just flowed a lot better. You can tell that ESPN kind of knows what they're doing. Like, it didn't feel, like, clunky or, the, the only thing that really bugged me was, like, I, I watched this card from the very beginning, and... I don't know, maybe I just read the wrong thing, but I was told that the early prelim started at 6. Oh, <laughs> well, they needed to get you in there. So I, I tune in at 6, and I see John Anik still talking at a desk. I'm like, hey, man, I'm trying to see some head kicks. You know, <laughs> so I had, had to wait till 6.30, but, you know. Uh, um, no, yeah, I, it was good, though. Yeah, I thought the graphics were a lot better. Uh, then again, we've been looking at the same, like, blue with yellow with... That, like, weird knockoff kind of Fox mute, like the Fox Sports music, you know, that orchestral, like, 80s saxo beat stuff. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get tired of this in, like, a month. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you get 40-some cards here. Eventually, this shit's all going to look like. <laughs> I did like, with the opener, they kind of had the ESPN logo, and then the fighters in the ESPN logo kind of, like, like actual in-fight, I was going to say in-game footage, but in-fight footage. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um well, I guess we can talk about the you want to talk about the broadcasting differences. They did add two new people to the uh, to the mix. Um, Megan O'Leary, I thought was really good, giving those almost like the kind of stuff that uh, giving us those little like nuggets about the fighters. I think that adds something, especially if you have first time viewers. Uh, Trevor Whitman, uh, what did you think of Trevor Whitman? I think he's he really quiet. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the night he was just watching the fights, and then I when he would chime in, I'd be like, "Oh, he was actually there. I forgot." Yeah, like, well, then you had like some of those really quick finishes where it's like, "What is he going to say about the corner when there's no corner?" Right. But I thought he was—he almost came off. How do I put? Too chill. A little too relaxed. 
Yeah, I, I, he, you can tell he's somebody, and I think this this might be a thing with most, probably a lot of coaches. Like, I don't think they 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 know they're not microphone people. I don't think they really care. Right. Not that I think he doesn't like take it serious, but he, I don't think he's he can't really force like a personality that he just really doesn't have. Right. So it's just kind of like. You know, this this you guys want me to be here, so I'm here. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, <laughs> no, I think, what, <laughs> I, I, you know what else it has to be like? Because I got, I kind of got this vibe. Um, most of these coaches have to know one another, right? Like, I'm sure Trevor Whitman knows Greg Jackson knows Mike Wingeljohn knows. Down the line, whoever's coaching the team alpha male. So I wonder how comfortable he was with kind of like going after them. Like this is bad corner advice. He did right. it a few times, but very politely. When uh, I think he could have been maybe a little bit more aggressive in making his point because he came off like just a really chill. Like you would never believe he's the top coach for Rose Namajunas and a million other fighters. So right, <laughs> but you know I- I'll cut him slack because I-, I don't I can't think of any other times I've heard him on a, a broadcast table. So you know the first time and somebody did say that that Whitman has like a history of being I guess hyper aggressive against media personalities. I kind of don't know anything about that, so I don't want to like. I don't want to cast aspersions on his, uh, on him as a person or whatever. So I really don't know anything about that. I'll have to plead ignorance. Um, I say as soft as his voice is, I could not picture him like. <laughs> well, well, you know just... how you know how those keyboard warriors are. They they're real soft, and then you you get them in you get them in a face to face, and I mean they're real loud. Then you get them in a face to face. They tend to, yeah. stuff. I just like I just I I felt like we would have been because somebody brought it up to me on my. Tumblr feed, so I felt like I would have been a, a, a doof to not have at least made some mention of a, I guess, a scuttlebutt. But overall, yeah, production was was good. I like the I like this presentation. I think this is this is heading in the right direction. It it was, and I saw like people, a lot of people on my timeline, like on Facebook, who were also watching, like when the car switched over to ESPN. Um, so it's good. Like they're they're reaching a, a new audience. It's very accessible. So yeah, on, on that side of things, this this ESPN deal is so far. Um, there, there was one snag on you know, <laughs> I don't think this co-made event went the way everybody. Well, I don't say everybody. Oh well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, We're gonna we'll, talk we'll about that. But I mean, like, inter- I think ESPN's got to be pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. Over yeah, overall, I think they're pretty happy. Like they they gave us a good product, and then best of all, like. Like we we talked about uh, before we recorded, like all these fights were were entertaining. Like, yeah, there weren't really any snoozers on here. Like, even I was I didn't know there was a two hundred five fight on this card, <laughs> and I don't and I don't watch all of the like I've seen some of the contender series fights, but I haven't seen all of them. So when I saw two hundred five, I was like, oh no, don't put this on ESPN. There was two, two oh yeah the two hundred five on the ESPN card. Okay, yeah, yeah and you're like. You know what? It was just—it felt weird. It felt like again, this is gonna burn out. It's seven years. These things always burn. Or five years, whatever. These things always burn out. But God, the energy felt different. Like it felt like everybody kind of had a life to them. You know, DC had a lot of energy. I thought. I thought DC had his best card as an announcer ever. I think he was really happy. Like he was genuinely happy to like to be there. Yeah, like I. And and maybe he took it like as an honor because it is the first ever one. Like I think the first ever FS1 card was Rogan and Goldberg. So it's like for DC to kind of follow in that legacy. I bet that did mean something to him. Uh, he came off really good. And 
uh, it's just a different production. We'll see how long it takes for us to get tired of it. But uh, as of right now, I think it's <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be cussing Stephen A. Smith out in two weeks. Oh, he's, I'll wait for the <laughs> man. The first time we have a close fight and he has to talk afterwards, <laughs> and I oh, pronto. Oh man, he can. But yeah, we'll be we're like if this if these are what the cards are going to be. If this is the pace we're going to get, I thought the pace for the main card was really good. You got your usual your usual UFC advertisements, and then you got like some some ESPN advertisements on there, and it was just kind of like boom, 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 and then you got the fights, and I thought that was fine. And listen, we don't need to see all the we don't need to see all the walk-ins. If you want to cut some walk-ins, I think that's acceptable. Not gonna hurt my feelings. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Oh, and, and breaking news: um, oh. Manny Pacquiao defeated Adrian Brona via unanimous decision, one seventeen, one eleven, one sixteen, one twelve, one sixteen, one twelve. There you go. I told you guys Brona was gonna get washed. Did you no, get I'm a not... backlash on that? I can't. I can't imagine you did. Uh, I talked to somebody on Facebook who said Brona was gonna win. It's like, nope, it's not gonna happen. Even gonna... look, even a very, very, very past it, Manny Pacquiao. Like, even a past it, Manny Pacquiao is probably more tuned in than Adrian Broner is yeah. to his respective career. I've been telling people, Adrian Broner is the great value Floyd. He is the Aldi version of Floyd. <laughs> he, he wants to be Floyd so bad, and it's just... <laughs> okay, but what does that make Connor? I, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's Connor like the... Oh. thing is, I almost can't even make fun of Connor because uh, he at least got the, a big payday. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Brona got paid with pretty well. I'm just saying, like, you know, Connor kind of borrowed some of the Floyd flags, so now we got to figure out what Floyd is if, if Broner is the great value Floyd. Connor is the... Uh... <clears throat> what's, what's below great value? Tailgate Floyd. <laughs> it's really not good food, but you're there and you, you want to do something before the game starts. There you go. We got Tailgate Floyd and, <laughs> and great value. Great value Floyd. They'll, they'll fight it out for some like aluminum aluminum title. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be Connor's. No, next, they want uh... that. They want that big gold UFC belt. Mm. That's what they want. You're not a fan. Is that what you're telling me? It okay when I when I first saw it well the first picture I saw actually wasn't a full picture so it was hard to judge it because it was literally just like a zoomed in picture of just the middle part oh when the I big saw gigantic the, yeah just yeah <laughs> like a a Power Rangers belt buckle <laughs> but when I saw the full <laughs> picture of it <laughs> it looked like if you were doing a UFC Western like that's what the big villain would have on right. his belt. <laughs> Like the full picture of it, like I like I like the strap design. I thought the strap design was like cool, but there's something about that middle part that just looks. I don't know, like it's missing something. Like it looks too plain almost. I, I don't know. I don't think it's really. Like, I saw a lot of people think it's like the ugliest thing ever. I don't think it's terrible, but it feels like there's like it's kind of dull. Like there needs to be something else there that just isn't. But I don't really know what. That is, but who really looks at belts? Somebody. That's what I was saying. Belts. Like that was my opinion on it. Like I had said, like you're gonna see this thing a grand total of thirty seconds every every month if you're lucky. Right, and then like eighty percent of the time it's gonna be an interim belt because you know which should be white. Right, I, I think it should be like. Oh, I said aluminum already. I can't see aluminum again. No, you could double up. It's all right. It's one a.m. Actually, really, my real thing was like we shouldn't have belts anymore. Like, we should have, like, crowns and gauntlets. I think that should be the new thing. 
That's actually see, but then JDS has to throw his down before every fight, whether he's a whether he's the number, whether he's the champion or not. Oh man! No, but like, yeah, I, like it, I saw some people really like worked into a a big frenzy about it, and I'm just like, guys, it's it's not that serious. It really isn't. You're just gonna you're gonna see it maybe once. I thought it was weird though that they said I don't know if that if. That was real, but they said, like, the women's belts are going to be smaller. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, I guess it makes sense, but... Like, well, because, I like, I think it was embarrassing because uh, uh, when Carla Esparza won her belt, it was so big that Dana White had to almost, like, hold it in the back for her while she had the promo. <laughs> so I think that they were a little embarrassed about that, and it makes sense. Some people said this belt was still too big for Cejudo. But, uh, like, I didn't see him having any problems with it. And he's also a very small man. So it's entirely possible yeah. the belt was just just too big for him. I'm saying like we all know the flyweight division is like a, a lot of buff middle schoolers. Like, of course. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me just let me just get this straight. So flyweights are like buff middle schoolers, and middleweights are like the tough dad. Is this like aging? Is this like <laughs> right? <laughs> aging works. That's been like the underlying theme that we never knew. Wow. The UFC is showing us the aging process. You know what? But you think about it, like think of all those welterweights. That is kind of like the frat bro division too. So, because like twenty five is like yeah, you're you're the tough middle school kid. Mm. Thirty five is like you're about you're about a freshman sophomore in high school. Forty five, you're probably anywhere <laughs> from you're a senior in high school to like maybe you like just started college, and then one fifty five, you're you're grown you're grown man now. Like right. you're grown man. 170 you're grown man but like you're you're probably about 30 i see and see, I, you know, I thought maybe younger because they all act younger well maybe you're you there's, there's a there's a there's a gap you're, you're probably between like 20 like 27 maybe like 32 33 maybe 34 max middleweight yeah you're in dad age you know you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think we know how it goes upwards from there. Yeah, light heavyweight, you're in midlife crisis. Everybody's got hair pieces. Everybody, everybody's driving. Uh, everybody's getting, everybody's getting flashy. They don't have titles at 205. They just have new cars. Right. <laughs> and the heavyweight, we don't even know what's going on anymore. That's uh, just a grandpa whole... division. That's uh, yeah. You're uh, you're like in a nursing home. Yeah, but somehow like you're still athletic enough to throw a punch you're so, you're in a nursing home but the nurses are real dicks so they made a fight club <laughs> for, for their amusement oh man see we, we connected the dots for you guys it's the worst Personal it's, life. it's the worst breakdown of, of athletes <laughs> ever it's like, it's like, i'm sticking to this theme you I know what i'm cool with it now i'm trying to think of like midlife crisis things like everybody at 205 gets a divorce <laughs> that's when life just really hits you hard yeah <laughs> you hit 205 they just they're trying to cut weight to hang out with the 155ers so they can feel a little bit more alive oh man <laughs> and Cole's gonna write in he's got, we made a mockery of his uh yeah. spot. oh man yeah, i think he'll approve the, the old man's slander i mean tough dads was his his that was his thing, so. We got you with the buff middle schoolers and him with the tough dads. There we go. That's the middle school fight league. 
<laughs> I don't even think we've covered a single fight yet. How many? We have not. All right. Yeah. Let's 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 get so to this. Uh... It lasted thirty something seconds. So who don't yeah. won? Yeah. Um. Man. So. Heading into uh, Cejudo Dillashaw, like, when this fight first got announced, I honestly, like, wasn't really interested. I, I didn't really care for this fight. And then the, the closer it got, probably about the week of, I started to warm up to it. Because I, I just started to imagine all of the scenarios that could possibly happen. And uh, newsflash, none of those scenarios, um, they didn't play out the way I thought they did. Um, I did pick Cejudo to win this fight, and I posted that on social media as proof. But I thought Cejudo would win by decision. Like, my thought process, I guess, was I think Cejudo's on a good stride. I think he's peaking at, like, the perfect time. And I had too many questions about how this weight cut would affect Dillashaw. And just there, there there was too many questions surrounding Dillashaw. So I didn't. I never felt like a hundred percent comfortable picking him, but at the same time, I was like, he is still TJ, so I kind of have to, I have to give him that respect. So I, I thought it would be like another Mighty Mouse like fight where like Cejudo's gonna have a tough out, but he'll 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 eke out a decision. He'll it, it'll be a competitive fight, but he'll 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 find a way to to squeak it out. Um, but nah, he didn't squeak it out. He blew the doors off the hinges and <laughs> he, he, he won this fight. Like he had something to do. Like he, like he had another plan that night and he had to hurry up and get this over with. Um, yeah, not, not really much to dissect. Like they, they came out, um, they pretty much met, you know, face to face real quick. There wasn't any feeling out process. They're throwing, I noticed Cejudo really just from the beginning just looked really sharp. He looked really fast. Yeah. Um. And then they had a a brief moment where um, uh, TJ had gotten close and Cejudo just kind of like gave him like a shrug, <laughs> kind of like pushed him <laughs> off. <laughs> it was a, it was a little thing. <laughs> and then Dillashaw gets back up. Cejudo throws a head kick. TJ blocks it, and then Cejudo follows up with a right that I didn't even know like hit him, but it caught him like behind the ear. And it was pretty much over from there. Cejudo catches him just with a bunch of ground and pound. TJ's trying to squirm and trying to, like, wrestle, trying to get his way back. But I guess, you know, too too many unanswered shots. And 32 seconds later, Cejudo beats the brakes (laughs) off of his show. Like, there's no other way to really say it. And, I mean, all right, you, you, you can complain about the, like, and I can't remember what commentator made the point in the post fight but like we've seen in like both of the um garbrand fights like it's not unfamiliar that tj will get dropped in a fight and then he gets back up but i I think in this fight it it was a little bit different like he got dropped he's eating a lot of ground and pound to be completely honest i know tj's tj you know he is one of the best fighters on the planet but if i'm being honest I don't think if that fight goes any longer, the outcome changes. Agree. Yeah, I think Cejudo, Cejudo's just, he's peaking at the right time. And that weight cut just might have been, I can't 100% say one way or another, but if I had to guess, I'll give TJ props for making the weight. And the dude is like the ultimate professional. He doesn't really like pull out of fights. You know, not, not that often that I can think of off the top of my head. He made the weight. He was actually under the weight. 
but it just might have been too much, man. Like he he ate that first right, and that was it was just over after that. Um, but props to Cejudo, man. Like you're on a two win win streak that consists of the greatest flyweight of all time and possibly the greatest bantamweight of all time. Yeah. And you just beat them both back to back. Yeah. Uh, I, I going into this fight. I had I, I'm, I'm a man I'm a big enough man to admit that I thought Dillashaw was gonna win, but I thought Cejudo was gonna take the first round, and then I just imagined Dillashaw would wear him down with consistent offense, and Cejudo doesn't really move his head that much, and he's got kind of a big head, and Dillashaw's offense tends to be super precise. But I was concerned about the first round because this is the first time he's fighting at 125, and you can practice cut, but I don't think you can simulate getting hit full bore at a new weight class when your body is still adjusting to having to, you know, having to adjust to to rehydrating differently to everything being different. So I kind of went into that fight thinking there's going to be a few tense moments for Dillashaw early. I I mean, two weeks ago I wrote about how I thought that that was Cejudo's only path, in my opinion, the only path to victory. Did not expect him to finish Dillashaw. Cejudo is like a very weird he's a very weird guy to figure out on a fight-to-fight basis because this guy looked nothing like the guy who fought Mighty Mouse, who looked nothing like the guy who fought Sergio Pettis, who looked nothing like the guy and so on and so forth down the line. Like, he's just a really unique when he wants to. I think he's the kind of guy who has to kind of fight pissed. And I think he felt disrespected by TJ Dillashaw coming down to his weight class. I think he felt disrespected about the fact that his weight class may not have existed beyond this event. And I think it motivated him. And I think he came out like a motivated, mad fighter. So if this is what it takes to get Cejudo to perform like this, then shit, I hope he's mad every fight. Because he just has this different... He's got, like, when he's got something to prove, he's such a different kind of fighter. Like, again, he sleptwalked through the Sergio Pettis fight. He won by basically just taking him down and just controlling him. Like, he, he, he almost looked detached. And... This fight, it was just a, like at, since that fight, he's just been a dude who's like on a completely different mental level. So uh, good for him, and good for him and TJ for creating a narrative to get some people kind of excited about one one twenty five. I I don't know if it'll last long. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it won't last long because MMA fans just have a distaste for this division for some reason. But like. They did a great job hyping this fight up and making it seem like a fight for not just not just for TJ two belts, but for for a division and kind of telling this story of like every man Henry Cejudo against the, the fucking one thirty five Ric Flair coming right. down, coming down <laughs> and wait to ruin everybody's fun. So I thought it was a great performance and it was a great narrative and. Um, I lack like I, I lack the plaudits for Cejudo's performance tonight. It was amazing. Uh, I just I don't know if it saves the flyweight division. I think that's presumptuous. Uh, I don't know what a I don't know what a fight at 135 looks like, but I'm pretty I'm pretty geeked to see what we get next from Cejudo and Dillashaw, man. I don't know what you say about it. I feel bad for Marlon Moraes. <laughs> I feel bad for Rafael Sunsau, like those guys, because they're gonna get jammed up. Because you'd have yeah. to assume we're getting a rematch, right? Yep. So. Yeah. So that means whoever wins out of a Sun Sal Marais is... <laughs> that fight's going to turn into an interim title fight. Stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay busy. Stay busy. Stay but busy. I think one of the points you made um, 
shout out to the anti-cool because he did he mentioned this a lot when he talks about Cejudo when Cejudo one of Cejudo's biggest problems like earlier in his career that uh anti-cool was always saying was like it was a motivation thing because if you guys remember when Cejudo first got into MMA like a lot of us were like the, the talent was never a question right but it was like the motivation and the work ethic because like he was having problems he was missing weight and it just kind of seemed like he wasn't really taking this like as serious as he should have and he could have easily turned into one of those guys like man he was super talented but he just kind of like never you know he, he never took it serious right but when he's motivated when he has like a goal a clear-cut goal to reach for like he just he activates another mode like he just and it's 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 it, i think that's kind of true because if you follow just his story like this is a guy who, um, from right out of high school, like, was going to the Olympics. Like, right. the man had a clear goal that he was trying to accomplish. And then after he he does the Olympics, it was like MMA was just, like, that next, I guess, thing to conquer. So as long as he has a goal in front of him, you know, I guess he just, he finds another gear to kick in. Right. Like, let's not be, let's not forget. This was the guy who missed weight for his first year. He got pulled from his first UFC fight because he wasn't going to make weight. He had a bad weight cut. And they were thinking about, like, getting rid of him. And he had to beg the UFC to let him come back down to 125. So I think that speaks to Cejudo as, like, like it, it speaks to his early career, like, not give a damn about anything. And his recovery since that point, I mean... What words can you say that that fit this guy? Yeah, he's he's been locked in. <laughs> he's been locked in ever since. And it's interesting. Like you know what? Look, Mighty Mouse. They're always going to be inevitably linked. This was not a fight Mighty Mouse was willing to take. So Cejudo took the fight and then did what Mighty Mouse was seemingly um, unwilling to do. It defended his division against a champion coming down in weight. So that's a kudos to Henry Cejudo, I think. And uh, <clears throat> I feel like Mighty Mouse, you got to be sick watching this fight. You Boy, be, dude, I could... <laughs> you would assume. I, you know you what, though? Be... I wonder if they would have even put Mighty Mouse on the ESPN debut. If he's that, if they would have put him like there. Dude, he would have been like on the prelims, like the ESPN prelims. <laughs> um, the first championship fight to open up a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, remember in the old, like, the old uh, sitcoms when they would just cut the credit card right in front of you? Like, <laughs> they just come down, take the belt, and, like, break it in half? All right. <laughs> the vision's done. Everybody go home. No. So who knows? There's a lot of credit. And, and you know what? Like, honestly, it's not going to sell. It'll never sell. I would be pretty intrigued by Cejudo against Benavides, too. Like, I, I think I'm, that's a perfect co-main event. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of flyweights, like, the Benavidez, I think, yeah, that, that'll always be an interesting match because they, they have, they've had really close fights. Um, and I think whoever wins out of uh, Davison, uh, Figueroa, and Formiga, well, I, I don't see the UFC doing any doing Formiga any favors. I mean, it's who to beat Formiga. <laughs> so it's like a... Yeah. Oh, no, Formiga's but, not going to title shot if he wins. Yeah, Unless yeah. they have, like, no main eventers and they can't even, like, coax somebody. Like, there's no there's no Daniel Cormier golden carrot to dangle. Like, they would be totally desperate to do Formiga against Cejudo. But, you know, they're desperate in many other ways, so. <clears throat> and Dillashaw, yeah. like, oof. 
Yeah, that's 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 Something not only rough that you lost, but it's like, man, you didn't even you didn't really get to show anything. Like it just the fight happened so fast that it's just like there's an old, be- we're gonna get a wrestling story now. And I cool, love you. Not here, but I'm a I'm a I'm make you happy. There was like a wrestling match where they debuted King Kong Bundy, who was a big fat dude, and he won in like four seconds. And the guy who he beat went back to the locker room, and one of the other guys is like putting his gear on, and he looks over at him and he goes, "I hope you're not gonna go take a shower after that," like. That was this kind of Dillashaw performance. Like, you didn't even technically, like, what competition did you do over, like, besides just get beat up? That's, like, a rough one. No, so yeah, you don't need to shower. Just go home and go back to sleep. Yeah, just, like, this never happened. Your skin's still dry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for talking about it like that, but this was, like, the worst possible scenario. Yeah, that's... Something about flyweights, man. Remember, Dodson did this to him, too, back in the day, so. I wonder how, like, that. He goes back up to 35. Do the optics on him change now? Like, I wonder, do other guys in his division look at him now? Where, like, I can, like, maybe their belief is like, I'm not, and not that I think, like, I don't think Dillashaw was one of those guys who ever kind of had, like, that invincibility aura. Right. But, like, maybe other guys are probably looking at him now, like, oh, I can, you know. I can do something with that. I wonder if he becomes like BJ Penn versus GSP, where he came back to the division and everybody for a minute was like, like he disgraced 155. Like he had to re- he had to redeem himself, which he did by you know submitting Kenny Florian and then beating the shit out of poor Diego Sanchez. So I wonder if Dillashaw is like like they're gonna be 135ers who are like you disgraced our. Because if I was hyping a fight, if I was that dude, I would be like, you fucking disgraced our division. Oh, yeah. Oh, now yeah. you're coming up. Like, you you made us all look bad. You lost see, the team with a big head. Not not to go into another tangent. Go ahead. But if, you if they would have waited for the Cody rematch. Ooh. If, you, if they would have held off on that. Are you, and, are, you, are you speaking for – are you taking anti-cool spirit right now? That's a – Because now, now you would have really had a, a story. Like, TJ goes down to 125. Gets his face punched off in 32 seconds. You go back up. Maybe you, you kept Cody busy in this time. Maybe he knocked out, you know, one or two more people or whatever, what what have you. Right. Now you have a real rematch to, to sell. Like, And now Cody has some, like, legit trash talking points. Like, dude, the, you got beat up by the, the, the buff middle schooler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got beat up by the Funko Pop with the big head. <laughs> No, you his know, head is huge. It is a, you know, no, didn't we? I think we talked about this. Like, if you swap Junior Albini and <laughs> right. and Henry Cejudo's head, no, you know, <laughs> um, no, you're, you know what? From that perspective, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. But listen, a lot of fighters have managers, and if you're my manager, you you got to be selling me this point. Like, you got to hammer it home. Like. This is an angle you can take advantage of. And it's legitimate, and it's not like you're faking something. Like, listen, if I'm Marlon Moraes and I beat Rafael Asuncao, like, hey, look, I've been cleaning out this division for you. You fought the same guy twice, and then you went down the way and got KO'd. Like, I think that this actually kind of, it hurts TJ, but it can kind of spruce 135 up too, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this gives everybody some ammo. Like, oh, if you're a top sure. five guy, you, 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 he gave you some ammo. Now it's just up to you to just... You know, you got to handle business on your end and just make it up there. You know what's a little painful? Like, if you think about it, 125, they had the champion nobody cared about, right? 
I'm really worried that 125 is now going to be the division, like almost like the way 145 was with Connor, where it was like you had this amazing champion that everybody kind of wants to see fight, and then you have nothing, like nobody cares underneath him. Like that would be a little worrisome. So this division may yeah. not even exist in April or May, so we'll see. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the, the sad part. But I'm going to try to be optimistic. I'll enjoy it while it's here and yeah. it's still giving us some moments um my there was another flower on this card that was a really good fight oh, yeah and my guess um, is that Zahuda's gonna leverage that to get himself a better deal he's gonna like as i wonder if they can pay him enough for him to be like hey if you get rid of the division it's cool i got my money you're gonna be interesting yeah we'll see we we could have saw either the the ending of god that's that's scary yeah, but I don't. I don't even want to think. Oh well, yeah, because like nobody wants to see like. <laughs> look, one twenty five is 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 a decent division, but it's still like never mind if it's a decent division or not. Like that's twenty something athletes losing their jobs. Like that's a pretty. Yeah, it's a lot of people. So yeah, it's, it's a grim to... thing to think about. So, uh, and hey, look, both flyweight fights delivered tonight. We'll see if that continues to be the case with the. They have a few ones booked going forward. They have one in Brazil, one in Australia, and then one in. Uh, was it Nashville or Wichita? One of these rando locations, some middle, some midwestern, uh, midwestern, mid south honky tonk place. Uh, so we'll see if they keep having good fights. If so, then I, I just think common sense has to win out. But common sense don't exist, man. Yeah, it is. It hasn't been common for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fight business, buddy. Yeah. But prop, yeah, prop, props to Zahudo, man. The amazing performance just went out there and just ha- handled business, man. Under 32 seconds. Yeah, these... You, uh, you, you, you can't hate on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And these like, first of main events, like, they end quick, huh? Uh, Kane and JDS was fast. I think people forget, but Shogun against Chael Sonnen was, like, a minute and change, too. So, like, these things, these first subs, they, they, uh, they, they get some speed to them. Yeah. Well, on to going from a, a very exciting fight for as long as it lasted to a fight that I'm not really sure how to describe. <laughs> it was, it um, was, uh, <laughs> you want, I mean, boy, all right, let's just get to it. All right. Co-main co, co event. Um, geez, there's so much to unpack. Um, with this fight. Well, that's it. Al, Al, Alan Crowder and, uh, and Greg Hardy, um, uh, first off, you know, elephant in the room. We, I think we all know this shouldn't have been the co-main event. Um, at, Ooh, should it? Should it or should I don't, it? I don't, should I, or I don't think it should have. Because Ooh. I think my <laughs> the more I thought about this fight, I was like, I can see this going really wrong for them. And and, and this is, I'm not even including the whole Greg Hardy domestic violence. Oh, no, violence. we're just talking, if you just talk yeah, about, like, I'm we've, even, beat, we've not, we've beat that to death, but we've, yeah. We've, uh, poor pun, yeah, I mean, poor pun intended, yeah. like, or not poor pun intended, but just poor phrase of words. Like we've, we've discussed that. I think we've all discussed that. And I, I feel like at this point we're kind of, it, the fight's here. So we just have to talk. About yeah. We that, just got to talk right? about it. But I, I was even thinking of it, thinking of it from an angle of like, okay, so you already kind of have bad optics on this fight because we all know why. And then I'm thinking like, so you throw Hardy in a co-main event. We've only seen him fight three or four times. Mm-hmm. Haven't really seen his entire game. And as we saw a little bit in this fight, there's 
definitely I think the holes in his game we saw or I think the holes we probably all expected that he have. Um but I was like you you obviously threw him in his co main event for a reason. He's a name, he has this controversy, it's gonna bring eyes, whether people love him or hate him, they're gonna look and I think, you know, for the UFC that's all that matters. We just we need eyes, we need ratings, right. we need subscriptions, all that good stuff. But I'm like if you throw him out in this co main event at three and oh, if he loses <laughs> like <laughs> this whole plan of you I don't know, I guess I, I don't know if they're trying to mold him into a star. It, they're doing something. You throw him in a co-main event. You had to think something of him to throw him in there. I mean, I get it. He's a name, so I, I understand that part. But I just feel like if, if somehow you threw him in there and he gets washed, now it's like, all right, do, do we cast him aside and act like this just didn't happen? Or do we try to string him along back for the Like, I don't know. I just saw a lot of ways that this just could have. There were so many ways to look at this. Like, this just shouldn't be happening. Even outside of, you know, the elephant in the room. But anywho, just on, on to the fight. Um, I thought this fight was either going to go pretty much like one of two ways. Where Cardi comes out early, pressures, knocks Crowder out. Or Crowder drags this fight into later rounds, takes him down, maybe gets like a submission. Or just like ekes out one of those really ugly, like grind him out decisions that isn't fun to watch. But, you know, he gets the job done. Um... I guess we kind of got a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, we really did. We got the, the peanut butter and the jelly. Yeah, Hardy came out. He he definitely threw a lot. Um, he hits very hard. Uh, props to Crowder. He 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 took his shots. He he survived that initial storm. Um, he got Hardy to the second round, and I was interested because I, I actually did watch um, Crowder's fights beforehand. So I saw his contender series fight, and I watched his. Uh, fight with Justin Willis so I wanted to see like if he can get this to the ground like all right what what is he going to be able to do if he can get him there um so he, he did get him to the ground he, he worked him against the fence um I don't know this fight was just kind of weird I thought <laughs> <laughs> what was that <laughs> Alan Crowder's like random war cry like he tried to have like a Max Holloway moment in the second in round, round? <laughs> in the second round. I think he was trying to like I think he, man, I don't even know I, what the hell he was thinking, to be honest with you. I, I, I might have a hot take. Well, you, you, you go, think, and then I've got a hot take. Because I think we have an opposite view of this. Go ahead. I think Crowder was going to win this fight. And I think a lot of people are going to disagree. I think Crowder was going to win this fight. I feel like, I, you know what, like, to be honest, or, to be honest, I don't know who was going to win because it was like, <laughs> it was like a, a teeter-totter, except if it was a teeter-totter, like, jello. Like, real slow moving up and down action here. Yeah. Um, I could totally buy Crowder winning. I thought Greg Hardy was going to win. Like, I, I felt like Crowder at that point was kind of just baiting him in to get a takedown. Uh, he did get a takedown, but it was stuffed. Um, and then we got we got the finish, which if you want to you wanna enlighten us on that finish. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, we we all know the rules of a uh, uh, grounded. Well, do we? Well, we're, well, some of us. Know. Some of us. A small percentage <laughs> of us. A, a, a smidge. Uh, yeah. So some of us, uh, other uh, people out there, I guess we are not as informed. Um, and the the bad thing about that knee was, 
it wasn't even one of those situations where like they're playing that game of oh i got one finger on the ground oh i got two fingers don't touch me like that whole thing like crowder was literally like on the ground like <laughs> like there was no question about this was illegal or not um i, I guess hardy just had a rage moment i don't know what it was um he catches Crowder with a knee, like, clearly while Crowder is on the ground. Like, so I did not do this. It was someone on Twitter. Someone on Twitter broke it down. And he sees the knee go up, like, the first knee come off the canvas. And I think he's trying to time it for when the second knee goes up. But I think he overestimated Crowder's ability to do anything remotely, like, quick twitch. And so as soon as he sees the other knee goes up, he throws it. And... Crowder's not going anywhere, and kaboom, and that was it. And I just after this fight was over, I was like, "This is the, <laughs> this is such a, this is such a UFC thing to happen in a co-main event that was just a, 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 a tragedy from the start." Like, this is what this, you get. Yeah, this had to happen. I mean, uh, all right. Um, I just want to go back real quickly. And uh, I, because I still feel really bad about that, uh, my choice of words there. I was definitely not trying to, especially with this guy. Like, uh, I was going for beat the horse to death, not the right term with this guy. So, we're gonna. I am. I. Uh, I am apologizing. I don't think anybody got offended by it, but better safe than sorry. Yeah. Having said that, like, this guy, I am not comparing them as people. Because from all accounts, the other person I'm going to compare him to was a really, really, really great guy who had one of the like weirdest, most manufactured images possible. This guy is like a really, really, really... You know what this guy is? This guy is what people thought Kimbo was. Like, people looked at Kimbo Slice and had this like saw this image of a dude with big gold chains with insane muscles who just looked like he wanted to kill everybody he was across from. Like, this guy's got Kimboism, and it's unfortunate, but it works. Like, he was trending on Twitter, and there was, like, most of the attention was for him, like, on this entire fight week. So, like, like I've said, the only way we're going to get this guy out of here, well, first is he has to lose. But he doesn't have to lose. He has to lose to a point where, like, people don't want to see him lose again. Like, we can't broner him, you know what I mean? Since we're talking right. about, because Adrian Broner's fighting now or just fought, like we have to get to a point as fans where guys like him who have this, and and I'm a second chance guy, you know, I'm a big second chance guy, but like I I get uncomfortable when fighters are sold on the basis of I want to see him get knocked out, because otherwise, like you don't always get that. You get you get guys. Sometimes those guys win. And that's not healthy either for the fan base. So I don't know what you do with him because he's over. He's over in a sense that people want to see him fight. He had a lot of attention on him. And I don't think this is going to be CM Punk either. I think he's the kind of guy who... He's the kind of guy who, when he fights, I think he's going to get a lot of attention. So if he gets a lot of, if he gets a lot of attention, they're going to keep booking him. Because you keep giving him fights if you keep getting the result out of it. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses if people want to see him fight. So you're kind of stuck because he's he's 
this was like the worst case scenario. If you're a fan, this was the worst case scenario because like you got a really bad fight. You got basically like Kimbo James Thompson in a sense that it just wasn't anything remotely entertaining. So you got a really bad fight. And then you kind of got like this. If you're, if God forbid, but if you were rooting for Greg Hardy, you didn't get anything because he lost (laughs) because he lost by DQ. And it's like, even though I think he would have won, it's not like that fight was any good either. And it's not like he was showing a whole bunch of stuff either. And and that was my other thing. Like, that was my other problem with him being in a co-main event is it's not like on the contender series we saw like, oh my God, this guy has like potential to be like the greatest thing right. like, ever. No, no, no. It's like, all right, you're, you're an athletic guy who hits hard. Yeah. No, Welcome like, to heavyweight. That could like, take you far at heavyweight. It can, but it's just like. No, no, no. I understand completely. I, I understand completely. And, and like, it, it just, it felt so like. Of all the thi- like all the feelings I came out with that fight, it was just like, if you came in watching him to want to see him win because you're that kind of person, or if you came in because you wanted to see him lose because you're that kind of person, like, nobody got what they wanted here. It was so anticlimactic and flat, and, like, you, you did, nobody got anything that they needed here. And so you're going to have this kind of funk lingering going forward. So. This was like a this was a Bellator co-main event, <laughs> I, but that's like, again he's Kimbo Dada. Yeah, he's like this, this... he's Kimbo. If Kimbo was like the realist, if Kimbo's actual backstory was this bad, like not not the Kimbo success story that was like the dude who because because Kimbo's whole background is basically a success story. Like he doesn't have the Kimbo success story. This is a guy who was a top athlete who was given everything. And, you know, at Ole Miss, at Ole Miss, he was a potential top prospect who fell to the sixth round over character concerns, went to Carolina, had his issues there, went to Dallas, and for the Cowboys was so, like, such a toxic personality that they were, like, they were done with him as soon as the season was over. I was going to say, and let me speak as a Cowboys fan, if the Cowboys got to get rid of you, because we accept all of the screw-ups. I mean, yeah, like... If if we get rid of you, it's a problem. I mean, like, like they were talking, like, at least the media people were talking, like, there was conversations about cutting him during the year. So, you got a dude, like, and listen, he said everything, what you say is what you say, but he said everything right, he's been... You know, he he's spoken about it from his point of view. He hasn't come out like a madman about people asking about his past. Um, he seems to get it. I think he gets who he is and, and what he's viewed as. Um, so uh, he, he's he's saying what he has to say. I think the UFC broadcast could have been a little bit more strict, at least in addressing his background. They they did address it briefly, but like it's it's part of the story. Yeah. So you gotta got you know because again. Comparatively to the boxing event, the boxing event this weekend, Sergey Kovalev was arrested along apparently like in June, and it just came out. And Top Rank had an event, and Sergey Kovalev is on their February second event, and they addressed it briefly, but it wasn't like they went overboard on it. But you know, like this one a little bothered me a little bit more because it it almost felt like it was in passing, and. You can give a guy a second chance while still being honest about what the situation was, what he's accused of, and or what he. Uh, I believe he was charged, and the charges were dropped. Yeah, so he. Right. 
Yeah, he was he was charged uh, initially, and then yeah, something happened with charged the dropped. witness. Yeah, the witness, and then the the record was expunged. Yeah. So, but like, if you really dig into the story, their pictures, their secondhand account of like neighbors who heard what was. Oh going yeah, for on, sure. And it seems like, like even if even if you don't believe even if you don't believe the story or, or, or the abuse, the allegations, whatever the case may be, it sounds like it was a toxic relationship of his doing that he yeah. stuck with. So, you know, um, you can address that. You can always, you can always be honest with your audience and let your audience decide what they want to do. Look, the people who watched this event for Greg Hardy, were not going to not watch if you told them the background. Right. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. They had, they had their mind. Oh yeah. Like, regardless. you know, so it's, there's nothing wrong with just saying like, this is what the story is and let let the audience decide. And, you know, listen, if, if he's going to get, if he's going to help sell out, uh, sell out arenas and get booed, and he's comfortable with that, then they're going to keep booking him. He's going to get another fight. So, you know, and he's with a top gym. So you have to assume top gym plus athlete equals he's going to figure it out, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I, I guess my, in the cage, he's going to figure it out. I just, there are going to be questions to be answered, but I, I, I sense that we're closer. I, I sense that he's better than this and he'll get better than this, but. Do you want to put on with the ride? Yeah. It's, it's... Well, go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say that because I've gotten like a few debates on Twitter about this, like with just kind of his whole, this whole placement. It's just a bad optic. And like, like you said, like I'm, I'm all about second chances, but like if you've been following Greg Hardy for a while, it's, it's not like the second, it's like the third. No, it's like the fourth. third, like, fourth <laughs> chance. That's what I had, yeah, what I had like, written, and that's... when I had written about it, it's like his fourth chance. Like, cause this is again, a guy who was a potential number one pick at Old Miss who didn't go, didn't go high. He went at the end of the draft because of people being a little concerned. Yeah. And like, so when you see a continuation of behavior and like I said, I'm, I'm still all for people changing. Oh yeah. But when you see a continuation of behavior, you kind of have to be harder on him because you you haven't really shown me anything else. And right. just because you may do one or two good interviews where you say the right thing, Absolutely. that doesn't make me forget, like, you still did. And it's not... <laughs> I, I can't remember what debate I had on Twitter. I, I shouldn't even have gotten in it. But people are like, oh, he, he paid for his uh, crime or whatever. And I'm like, it's not like you just had like a traffic ticket. Like <laughs> it is. I mean, you hate to you hate to put it in those terms, but yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's not like he just had like some small or like he just got busted with like some marijuana, like something that nobody really cares about. Yeah, it's like, dude, and, you were you were out here like doing some really messed up, like. So yeah, you kind of don't get off as easy as, right. as everybody. And, else. and I like. I hope he does. Society wins if he does change. Like, yeah, I think that's if he key. does change, he can help other people. That's one less problem that the world we have enough problems going on in the world. We don't need any more. That's one less thing to worry about. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, and it's a sensitive topic because Greg Hardy, like, sometimes he seems remorseful. I remember in Dallas, like, and, and again, we're kind of rehashing this and we don't need to. But like, sometimes I think remorse goes a long way with people. Like, Ray Rice, to his credit, has come off like a dude who's very remorseful about what he did. By all accounts, he, like, talks to people about it. And and at the end of the day, like, people who have these... I've never been one of those guys who's believed that MMA is, like, 
a holy grail or like combat sports in general, like a holy grail of personalities. Like we, yeah. we have to be fair. And, and, you know, Carlos Monzon, I think is in the boxing hall of fame and he killed his life and combat sports wise. Like we put up with fighters being in the news for not very good reasons. Pretty we're still putting, we're still putting up with John. Jones. Well, I'm not trying to name anybody. John Jones was not the first name to come to mind, but like, there are dudes who are always in the news for bad reasons. Like there are just some guys who we, we put up with it. So MMA is like anything. It's a microcosm of your society and you're going to have some great guys like Daniel Cormier and you're going to have some troublesome guys and you can't throw away the troublesome guys. Cause like you can't just, there's always going to be that right to work argument. You know, like he has a right to fight. This is not pro fighting is not, he's not getting a doctorate. You know, he's, he's a fighter. So if, Right, you know, because people are always like, oh, he he doesn't deserve like earn and deserve is a funky concept to begin with in MMA, but he, like if if he wants to be a fighter, then great. I personally, I wouldn't sign him. Uh, I wouldn't sign him to the UFC. If you're gonna sign him, I mean, this is a big card. He probably got most of your attention for it. So like, shit, Comain, like Comain doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me because it's like. Anything after the main event is like just another fight, really, if you think about it. So I, I personally didn't take offense to him being on the co-main event because it's like, a, it's a made-up like reward. You're the co-main event, so I don't like I don't take it. Like to me, it was whatever. I, I just wouldn't have signed him, but he's here. It sounds like he's gonna get another fight. Hopefully, the next fight is a little bit better, just as the viewer, and I hope. I hope they address it differently. Like we're getting further away from it, and the more good behavior he puts on, the less of a story it's going to be. Yeah. But if you're honest with your audience, you'll get forgiveness, or you or you won't. But you're never going to win those people anyway. So you, you can't just like run from what the story is. I wonder. Well, I was going to say what? you ended in DQ. <laughs> you think there's any chance they run this back? Oh yeah. No, no, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do yeah, it, I... and they're going to do it probably like. Oh boy, would they do this on the July card, the big pay per view? They probably would. You, you got it. They, yeah, they're gonna throw him on a big. I mean, because this was, you know, this is obviously big because the first right. ESPN card. Yeah, his next appearance is gonna be. You you might have to pay to see him next time. What a, I have a, bad what a horrible he'll, he'll be on concept. A, <laughs> You're gonna have to pay, or they could put him on ESPN. Yeah, or yeah, or he'll be on another one of these. And that's, he'll, he'll... that's one of the things, like, not to cut you off, but that's one of the things I want to specify. If you're mad about him being on here, be mad at ESPN. They, they have the like, they could have stopped this, but they wanted him on it because it got the most attention. Yeah, it's just, it's just this is a weird situation, and then it just kind of blew up. <laughs> <laughs> And that that's just kind of my whole thing. Like, this was such a messy situation to begin with. And it just, I don't know. I don't think the UFC did themselves any favor. But it, I don't know. It It is what it is, I guess, at this point. Like, it's, he's going to be a thing that we'll just have to kind of, you know, he's, he's going to be here, like you said. Like, at this point, I guess you can't really, I mean, you can't argue against it, but he's going to be here. So we'll we'll see how long he can, he can stick and around. And like, look, <clears throat> I'm with you. And if you're going to be the kind of person who is bothered by it, don't tune in. Because that's really the only way your point will ever get across. Like, just don't tune in. Because if you tune in to see him get knocked out, you're giving them what they want. So right. it's best to just not tune in. 
and you're not a you're not a fake fan if you don't do that so like if you do that cool if you don't do that that's cool too like your time is precious on this earth so you use it how you want i don't even know if we talked about the fight that much but it was what was there talk about he threw like uh the hell was it (laughs) he had him against the fence right and he kind of stuck his hand in crowder's face and he like pushed it against the fence and normally when you do that you throw like a like first off you shouldn't do that that's cheating but if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna do that like you throw like an uppercut or you follow up with it and he almost threw like a downward slash standing 12-6 elbow like at an angle it looked like he wanted to punch and then change his mind or he needs to go train like he, he he needs time a lot of time yeah, he he's very he's he's very he looks like he's three and zero for sure. And fighting like I mean, he was fighting relatively decent competition for heavyweights, but like, oof. Alan Crowder is not a good heavyweight, and he did not look very strong in there. Would we? Yeah. Would we? Honest question though, do you think Crowder? Do you think Crowder took that one? Because mm. for the record, if I was him, I would have taken it too. If he did I take it, too. like I would have been, I'm not gonna <laughs> I definitely know. would. Have, yeah, I would have taken it too. So if he did, then uh, yeah, I, I can't judge you either way. And the one thing you I definitely the one, the one, you got hit with the knee. Oh yeah, you definitely oh, no, got he got hit. hit flush, and like I think a follow up like hammer fist. So yeah, and just to wrap, just to be fair on this, wrap this up topic up. Uh, Sensei and I are trying to view this both as fans, critics, business people pretending to be business right. people. <laughs> like we're trying to balance so many, so many different like. So many different avenues at one time. So yeah. it's one of those fights that just it's so many angles to look at. Yeah, like and it's you could do a whole podcast on it. And it's just so messy. Like, cause there are there are genuine people who who might have been watching who were hurt by this, offended by it. So you're trying to be respectful to them. But the fight happened, so we have to talk about it. So Yeah. The, to be honest, this fight, if you guys well, I don't think I put it on Tumblr, but I did a write up for the, the good folks at the Technical File Podcast. And I titled the article, New Era, Same Chaos. Perfect. <laughs> and this fight was the reason I'm why. Trying to remember if, I'm trying to remember if my thing was like uh, New Year, New Shit, or New Year, Different Shit, but uh, something along those lines. Yeah, like this was this was the perfect way. Like you want ESPN to get the full bore, like the full however many inches you're going, like you're going in on this TV deal. Like they got it. They got Greg Hardy yeah. and they got a title fight that ended in 30 seconds. A good fight, a good fight, but... Yeah. Um, you want to talk but, about Gillespie Medeiros? You just want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll leave Greg Hardy and Crowder alone. But that that was the fight that happened. But Crowder won via DQ, illegal knee. You, you guys will probably see the replay eighty thousand times. Oh, it'll be on support. Time. Yeah, everybody who was offended by it in the news will have like the clip. Yeah, it'll 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 be. So, that's just the way business but, uh, is, fellas. But uh, m- m- moving on to uh, Gregor Gillespie and Yancey Medeiros. So, <laughs> what was funny about this fight was, like, I picked, I, I thought Gregor would win, but at the same time, like, when I saw the odds, because Gregor was, like, a, a minus, like, 400 favorite, and I was like, man, that's kind of disrespectful to Yancey, and then the fight happened, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, <laughs> like, I, I thought people were, like, I, even though I picked Gregor to win, to me, minus 400 seemed a bit much. Like, I get Gregor's good, but, like, we're not going to just overlook Yancey like that. Like, I felt like it was a little bit disrespectful. 
but my God, did Gregor just kind of go in there and just, uh, you know, <laughs> you guys saw what happened. <laughs> a lot of one-way traffic. Lot, yeah, a lot, lot of, lot of wrestling. Um, Gregor just puts on a lot of, a lot of pressure, and I like it. It's, it's not, you know, he's not a. Um, I, I don't put him in that lay and pray category. He's a very active with his grappling. There's a lot. He, oh, I guess you disagree. I not that I disagree. It's just like I. Uh... It's not that I dis. It's two things. One, I'm still kind of thinking about that conversation we just had, and two, uh, like I don't know what I would classify him as other than like when he decides he wants to do something, he's really fun. Yeah. He. I'm trying to think. I don't know why I was trying to as good as he was doing in this match, and and. To, to, to pretty much summarize uh, the overall, um, you know, put his performance in perspective. I mean, he dominated the fight. Right. Like, it, it went the way you probably thought it would go if you know about Gregor Gillespie. Just really dominant grappling. grappling. He's just, he pushes a pretty high pace. He's, he's pretty active. Like you said, when he wants to go, he just kind of goes. And then uh, poor uh, Yancey got taken down a bunch of times in a second. And then... Uh, ended up just eating a lot of punches. <laughs> just, <laughs> he just kind of he he ragged all the man. He 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 beat him up. Right. But in in this really great performance from Gregor, I was trying to find like because I I think from this point, and I think a lot of people thought this way. Like if he got past Yancey, all right, man, this is another guy lightweight. We might need to start getting him like some top fifteen. If, if anybody in the top 10 is willing to take him on, you know, it's, it's time to give him that, that next step. I think he's proven thus far that he's, he's worthy of a, a step up, a big step up in competition. But I was trying to find, like, what in his game kind of, like, worries me. And then I was wondering if he fights somebody, what if he meets somebody who can maybe not stuff all of his takedowns, but, you know... Somebody who will put up a little bit more of a an effort, because I mean, pretty much thus far in Gregor's career, at least in the UFC, he's pretty much just ragdolled everybody. A sturdy fellow. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is lightweight. That's not gonna happen forever. Right. So what happens when you go for that takedown? Maybe you get it, but the guy pops back up, or he starts throwing off submissions from his back, or even worst case scenario, you you go for that takedown and he just stuffs you. And now you, you know, what, what's the next, uh, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how that goes when he runs into that wall. Cause it's going to happen eventually. You're going to run into somebody who's going to give you a lot more resistance than what you've gotten thus far. Um, so I just kind of wonder what that next, what, what is that? What, what other gears does he have? What, what else, what are the tools that he have in the arsenal? Um, not, not that I'm doubting him that I don't think he can do it. I just, I just want to see it because at this point, it's like, all right, man, he's just kind of taking people's lunch money. Like, <laughs> I want to see you fight another bully. You know. <laughs> but no, nah, but Gregor, Gregor's a beast, man. If you have not been uh, watching Gregor Gillespie and his, his little hairdo that he has going on, um, yeah, man, the, the dude is just, he just ragdolls people and just kind of, he just kind of has his way. But it's, it's fun to watch. Is it? A lot of people don't like grapplers. To me, I, I enjoy well, watching it. All right, well, we all have our we all have our pick of the <laughs> <laughs> No, like I I don't know, like I just 
I wonder what the upside for that style of fighting is when you're like because Conor McGregor made I don't want to say he made Khabib but like big money wise he kind of did so I like I just wonder what the upside for that style is because eventually Gillespie's gonna have to like start fighting bigger names and eventually he's gonna have to start maybe main eventing so like can you sell people on that on him you know what it is maybe he just has a bland personality like he's very just kind of milk toast but dude can fight i mean there's no question like that was one of those tatiana suarez-esque dominant performances kamaru usman-esque dominance performances where you're just kind of like like nobody can stop you when you're doing what you're doing and that's impressive yep. especially when you have especially at 155 what a division to do that in but uh, I just wonder what the upside is. I wonder where he where he tops off at. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his style, yeah, I don't know if he, you know, he'll, he'll be a fan favorite amongst the masses. Right. That's kind of what I'm saying. Though. Yeah. 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 A lot. Of, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think his style is gonna lend towards what I think. I only want to just say casual. Yeah, I guess like what your average fight fan would want to see. Right. Um, I, I, unless I, I would say the only possible upside, like if he can kind of like Khabib, if he can ragdoll people, but like really just like, well, I mean he did get the finish here, so right. I kind of can't really say that. But if he can ragdoll people and make it like a like a, a a real bully fest, like I'm taking you down, I'm punching you like thirty times, you have no way out. There's no you know, make make it real like violent, make it real ugly. <laughs> yeah, because let's be fair. Like for nine minutes, it was really, really for me at least, really boring. But when he turned it on in that last minute, it was like this is a fucking guy who can he could do this. Like he can absolutely just I'm gonna finish you now and pour it on. And you could see him pour it on, and Yancey Medeiros had no answer and no way out. So that was really impressive. I like Gillespie. I just like I feel like I say this all the time with him. I just think he's like the most dull of the major 155 prospects. You know what I mean? Like he's the blandest. And that's hard to get over when you're trying to be a big money star, so to speak. Although I don't think he cares. Like Gillespie strikes me as the sort of dude who's just happy to be competing. Yeah, I think he's just happy to be. Yeah, and like um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having those guys. And I would be excited to see him against Alexander Hernandez. Well, we're going to talk about later. Well, he... he... <laughs> I'm going to talk about him. At the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what other, well, what yeah. other well, main well, card? Oh, there was the Ortiz Benavidez. So we're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. But yeah, Gregor Gillespie, like I said, if he... If he in, in a sea of just killers and lightweight, he is a standout. And that alone is a commendable enough feat. Because everybody's a standout in lightweight. And he's separating himself from... The rest of the crowd, so totally shut down Yancey's striking game. By the way, unbelievably good at that. Yeah, like I thought, Yancey did a good job in the first. I think of just surviving because he he didn't take like a ton of damage in the first. He just kind of got wrestled and controlled a lot. So part of me was like in the second, and I was like, well, maybe you know he didn't take a ton of damage. I'm pretty sure his cardio is probably still holding up. Maybe he'll be able to get something else. No, nah, never happened. Never happened. <laughs> just, just never steamrolled. <laughs> never happened at all. Um, but nah, yeah, Greg, Greg Gillespie, man, that that guy's when, like you said, when he when he turns it on, he he's an animal. So definitely interested to see. I, I hope he gets a big fight next. I think he's earned it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm always excited to see new blood. So shout shout out to Greg Gillespie. 
Um, moving on to the flyweights. Joseph Benavidez, Dustin Ortiz. Um, this was a rematch. I think the first time they fought was like 2014, 15, something like that. You 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 chat and I'll, uh, I'll pull that up for you. <laughs> I want to say some, I want to say it was like 2016, but we're gonna make sure. Some some years ago, um, they fought. always a bit ago. Yeah, but it, this was a really fun, really fun fight. Like this was another one of those fights. It's like, man, I don't want to see flyweight go away because <laughs> they got these two guys out here like. <laughs> Fighting their hearts out, like, <laughs> like <laughs> these guys were really going after it, like, 14, really entertaining. It was, yeah, okay. right. yeah. I was wrong. I've been wrong a lot on this podcast. Let's continue. Yeah, that's that's my one. I'll I'll get everything else wrong. I'm terrible with dates. <laughs> we learned that, one. but <laughs> we won't we won't mention that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but Benavidez and, and Ortiz, um, really entertaining fight. Uh, Benavidez actually dropped Ortiz. I think that was in the first round. He caught him with like a right hand and dropped yep. him. But there were just so many just grappling exchanges. It was flyweights being flyweights. Like they just they move so fast. There's so many grappling exchanges. There's so much going on. Everybody's moving at a hundred miles an hour. Like I said, it's it's the the tough middle schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the middle of the schoolyard and they're, they're just kind of throwing down. Um, I th- I thought even though Ortiz lost, like he looked, I think he's looked a lot better in recent fights than like from what I remember seeing him in the first like couple times I've seen him. Right. Like I think they even mentioned it during the broadcast. Like his his striking has come a long way. Like he looks a lot more confident in his striking. He sits on his punches more. Um, but Benavidez, man, like. The dude has just been, he's another one of those guys that he's just always been, like, at the top. Yeah. And even when you think he lost a step or even when he might drop a fight and you think, like, oh, maybe this is his decline. Nope, he's still there. He's, and even though I I will say, like, I don't think he's as, I think he has lost a bit of a step. But even him losing half a step, he's still better than, like, 95% of the other flyweights. For sure. And he, he's had so much experience. And if, if you look at his record, he's another one of those guys. He's fought, like, just a lot of really great competition. It's just it's hard to overcome a guy like that. And, you know, Ortiz, like I said, it was an awesome back-and-forth fight. But um, Benavidez is just going to Benavidez. Just kind of, kind of one of those just facts of life. Unless you're, unless you're a Cejudo or a Mighty Mouse, you know, good luck <laughs> fighting Benavidez. So I, I, gotta... I feel like you paused there to turn it over to me, and I was yawning, so I was struggling to cut this yawn off. <laughs> I was struggling to cut this yawn off so I could jump in and save you there. Uh, you know what? I wonder if Dustin Ortiz could have won this fight if he tried to clinch less. Because I felt like even even getting dropped. I thought he had some pretty good success on the feet with Benavidez. And it was like he engaged one too many times, in my opinion, in clinch fighting with, like, Joe Benavidez is one of the best scramblers, I think, in MMA. And if you clinch with him, you're either going to try to take him down and get put on your back, or he's just going to take you down. And and you can get out from under him, but he's so sticky when you get back up that he's going to get you back in the position he needs you to. So I wonder if Ortiz could have done a little bit better if he wrestled a little less. Benavidez, I think, has lost a step in terms of his reflexes from a defensive standpoint. He gets hit a little bit more than he used to. 
But offensively, he's still there. His counters are still really sharp. On the ground, he's still there every single step. Like he, he he's he's a top notch scrambler. And watching these exchanges, and then like an hour later, watching Greg Hardy and Alan Crowder look literally like two mucks fighting on the ground. <laughs> like this was just a different. Like flyweight, I can't imagine watching a heavyweight grapple fest and then watching the flyweights and not enjoying the flyweights more. That was a great, like, that was a really good fight, and that was some great scramble exchanges. And um, Benavidez, in a just world, Benavidez would be your number one contender. Uh, world's not just. He'll probably be waiting. He'll probably take a fight, and knowing how MMA works, he'll probably lose a split decision. Uh, and once again, get stifled for his chance at yet another title shot. So, yep. such is life in the yeah. MMA land. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles, right. unfortunately. But like I said, another one of those fights where it's like, please, man, just let, let these guys keep their jobs. Yeah, like in, like, a, in a just <laughs> world, we're talking about just like that should have been your co-main event. That you know, because you're going to use Cerrone versus Hernandez for ESPN. That could have been your co-main event, like Benavidez against. Uh, against Ortiz was that good of a fight on paper and it lived up to it. It was a good fight. Yeah. So yeah, Sh- shout out to both of these men. That was, that was a really, really awesome fight. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what they do next with Benavidez. Cause like I said, I, I don't see the, <laughs> I think if maybe if Formiga wins, they'll give Benavidez the title shot is literally be available in the event that, Cejudo or Dillashaw gets hurt and they need like an interim title fight or a, or a filler title fight. Right. So just just stay busy. Yeah. Keep 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 busy. He did have probably keep, the keep... best snafu of the night when he said he was a uh, straw weight. <laughs> straw weight title. So. Hey man, go go over to one. <laughs> go over to one or. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think you of know, another please. division, another place with a 115. You know. I can't think of one. And that's not cool to call out Rose Nama Yunus either. So that's <laughs> Jessica Andrade has that title shot. So, But, uh, yeah, man, Joe, Joe, Joe Benavidez, man, dude has been out here forever and he's still, I mean, that's, yeah. You know, like that's crazy. You think about his longevity for, for being a top fighter since like what? 2000. I first saw Joe Benavides on the WEC pay-per-view. When was that, like 2011? So, like, he, he's yeah, still... I remember him. He, Go ahead. He choked, he, choked, he choked out my homie. <laughs> he choked out poor Miguel Torres. He's just like he, a... Yeah, like... I think it was that, right? That fight? Or my... Yeah, and, and he had a really close fight with Dominic Cruz. Two of them. Yeah. Two very close and, fights. You know, One of them, I think you could argue he may have won. And the first, but my memory's kind of hazy. The first fight with Mighty Mouse was pretty close as well. Uh, yeah, and then the second he, one he got blown out, but yeah, dude, dude's just been at the top forever. Something to and... be said. He's one of those guys like when they have the conversations because they talk about with Cerrone like the best fighter to never win the title. Like he's got to be up there. Yeah, he's a, yeah he's another name that kind of gets forgotten. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, uh, awesome, awesome fight with the flyweights. Um, what was next? Oh, Page against uh, Ostevich. Yeah. Next fight. Paige Van Zant, Rachel Ostevich. Um Ostevich. Oh, did we mention Benavidez won the unanimous decision? Yeah, we did. To make sure we are. Oh, well, right. it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be me on a Dojo Talk podcast, uh, podcast if there wasn't at least one. Oh, by the way, somebody won. Right. <laughs> but, 
Uh, next fight, uh, flyweight division for the women, Paige Van Zandt, uh, Rachel Ostevich. Um, fight made me really, I don't even know if I should say this, probably isn't a good comment. I mean, we're already here, so. This fight made me mad that, like, Reebok gear is a thing, because she can't wear a Wonder Woman. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I, I wasn't gonna go too far. Well, no, I was actually thinking about something else. Like I thought, because I, I, it made me mad, but for a different reason. Uh, but um, no, that that was one thing. That, that was like the first thing I thought of. And then this fight just made me sad because I, uh, I, w- I wanted Rachel to get this. And man, when the fight first started, it seemed like everything was you know. I hate when a fight just starts one way. And then I get my heart ripped out like the next <laughs> round. <laughs> and I don't want to turn this into like a page like hate fest. Um, she didn't. She didn't do anything wrong, you know. You know, fight. You know, these 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 things happen. This is just just kind of how it goes. But like you know, Rachel had a good I thought plan in the beginning, like working takedowns. Um, even though I think she got stood up in the beginning because there wasn't a lot of action. But, like, I, I got the game plan. I understood what she was going for. And it seemed like it was working. Like, Paige Van Zant, you know, she's, she's pretty talented on the feet. You know, she, I forgot, who, who did she head kick into another? I don't remember who that was. She said Heck somebody wrong. to that. Like, yeah. So, she's proven that, you know, she's she's handy on the feet. Um, And, you know, Rachel Osovich is, like, competent. But, you know, that's not like her her bread and butter, so to speak. So, you know, you get paid to the ground, you neutralize all that striking, you know, just stifle her offense and probably get out of, eke out a win. And I thought that was what was going to happen. She got Paige down. Um, and everything just seemed like it was working. And then in that, that second round, just, they, they start, you know, going for submissions. Paige is going for heel hooks. And I started getting nervous. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> it just, it just felt like the tide was somehow it was gonna turn, and I wasn't ready for it. And I mean, the props to Paige because she, she, you know, she got caught in some bad spots. She got taken down. I, I still think that's kind of like a glaring hole in her, her, her game, kind of. Um, but like she, she was finding ways to get out of these bad spots, and. Poor Rachel, man. Like the, I thought Rachel was gonna get out of the armbar, and then when Paige locks it in, and I don't know if you saw the replay, but like she sat on that, like her elbow was like, that looked painful. Um, I didn't even see that she tapped the first time, and in the replay, then I saw it. Um, but man, like it, I mean, great submission from from Paige, um, to to pull that off, and it, it was a pretty nasty armbar. But man, for Rachel, you just she was like on the ground for a while, like afterwards. Well, I imagine partially because she probably was in pain because that that looked like it hurt pretty bad. But you know, the, all, all she's been through like this week, but more than this week, really. You know, it it just kind of hurts. Like you kind of just want to see that kind of heartwarming story. Like you've you've been through a lot in these last couple months, and I think it would have been nice to just you know. Get, just get one good thing kind of going for you, you know, and it's just ugh, fight game, man. It's it's it is what it is, you know. It it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. It uh, it was um. Page Van like this fight frustrated me. 
I wouldn't call myself a Paige fan. I feel like she gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Um, I feel like she's underrated in terms of her actual like athletic ability, and her skill set is still developing. But we need to get her like with a top flight gym because Rachel Ostevich Ostevich through the same overhand into like a like a sideways leg sweep takedown. Like she kept taking Paige down with the same combination setup every single time. And that's a glaring weakness. And the fact that it happened in the second round too was like, I really hope the corner said something, but we didn't get any like corner audio. I, don't, I didn't at least. Um, so I was just kind of amazed that she got taken down again. But Paige Van Zandt is really underrated as a finisher. Cause the only person I think that she's not been able to, like, of her wins is Felice Herrick, who's tough to beat, like, tough to finish. But when she gets somebody in a bad spot, she tends to seal the deal. So as soon as Ostevich was caught in the arm bar, or at first I thought it was going to be a triangle, but as soon as, like, the weird setup happened, as soon as she got thrown over, I was like, oh, we're in some deep, deep trouble now, because Paige is a great finisher, and Rachel Ostevich, throughout her career, even Invicta, kind of tends to put herself in some bad spots and she doesn't always seem to be able to get out of them. So to me, that was worrisome. And then the armbar was just brutal. I was actually turned, I turned away from the TV on the replay because I'm like, I, I was afraid that we were going to have like one of those compound fractures because just the angle and like the, the fact that it was caught like on the very end, it looked yeah. rough. Um, Paige is, Paige is getting better, but I also think she's getting worse. So I don't know what you say about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, now that you say that, she kind of reminds me, not super similar. I feel like she has like the Sage North. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. You want a really wacky one? You want a really wacky, uh, wacky comp? Derek yeah. Lewis. <laughs> Hold on. Let me explain. She's like always losing until she starts winning. And then when she starts right. winning, the fight's over. Like, there's no in-between. Um, she's so talented. I just wish, like, I don't know what her training schedule is. I kind of feel like she's balancing between being, like, a, a bigger star than the UFC and being a pro fighter, and that's a little complicated. And so uh, you see some improvements, but the fight IQ's still not there, so I wonder how much work she's putting in. Um, how much work she's putting in relative to, like, way more experienced fighters like Joanne Calderwood. So... I'm pretty optimistic for Paige, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the next plan is for her. Like, who do you even match her up with? Because Ostevich was, like, the Ostevich story was very inspiring. I, like, the fact that she was even fighting on this card is amazing. I'm surprised that they even let her fight. I'm sure that other people have commented on maybe she shouldn't have fought. But Rachel Ostevich is a very, very, very raw work in progress, like, She's not, I wouldn't call her not a good fighter, but she's very, very, very raw and still in her early years as a professional athlete. So, you know, it, like this was probably the lowest they could go for Paige as an opponent at 125. And I can't think of anybody immediate who's not like, she's way out of her range with her or she's like, it's almost like a step side, like a sideways step. So I can't really think right. of an immediate opponent. I know that Montana De La Rosa called her out, who had beaten Ostevich before her, which I guess would be interesting, but, like, you don't want her fighting Calderwood. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to fight in Calderwood. Yeah, you do not want that smoke. Apparently, blade. Jessica I is going to fight Valentina Shevchenko, so that's out. Could they possibly? Yeah, I know this will never happen. Do they finally? Because uh, Nico Montano's phone probably has cobwebs on it. Because I don't think that you will see it. I don't think they talk to her. I don't think her phone time. rings that much. She might be on. You know that one dude at work who just never shows up when the like, the weather's bad. He goes on that like do not call list. Montano. Like do you, do you try to you know? Because I mean Montano was champ, but she didn't have like a ton of. No, Montano was a work in progress too. Yeah, so I feel like they would be some somewhat around like the same do you do level. Roxanne Modafferi. I wouldn't be mad at that. Man, think of those two fan bases clashing. <laughs> <laughs> like those. That's an interesting Twitter argument. Oh my god, the Modafferi <laughs> yeah. fans and the Van Tant fans would be something. I wouldn't be mad at that though, because like Modafferi, you know, she's. Definitely been around the block. Like she, she's a, a a veteran pretty much in every sense of the word. Um, I think she could test Van Zant, and if Van Zant can get past that, then you know, like I, good. It's not like a huge, right. you know, deal, but it's 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 something. Like there, there's there's something there. I think because Paige is Paige is like so weird in a sense that she's underrated by a lot of people but i think the ufc kind of overrates how good she is yeah that's why people so it's like a weird dichotomy where she should still probably be developing but she's probably going to wind up fighting somebody who's a level above her or two levels above her or three level or eight like you know you don't want to see that you don't want to like put her in there against the jar eubanks or whatever so i don't know man like i'm trying to think of some of these 125ers that they have that's man that Listen, dust, dust, dust off Nico's phone. <laughs> Get the Kleenex, wipe the phone off. It doesn't even have to be an apology. Just call her up, give her the date, give her the opponent, and then hang up. You don't gotta hang around. Right. right. No, but like seriously, like they they gotta do they gotta be smarter with her, I think, because who knows how long you have her for. So. Yeah, I was about to say she she's definitely one of those uh, fighters that. Probably at this point, I ain't gonna say she don't need the UFC, but I'm pretty sure she could find, you know, she's she's done things outside of the UFC already. Like she was on Dancing with the Stars. Like she she probably could have chopped. a career outside. She did of a life. chopped episode. Like she could. Yeah. Yeah. She can leave. You know, here. she's she's like the anti Ronda in the sense that Ronda's Ronda's star power was so limited to MMA because like there's really not a lot of personality in Ronda Rousey, uh, as you see her on Raw and can attest. Uh, whereas Paige, I think, comes off better, and that's why she probably gets more opportunities to do stuff. So, but just don't rush her, guys. Let's not do that again. Like, find somebody who's really slow. <laughs> somebody who's really slow and not super strong or very like fight savvy. Somebody who she can pull off that one-two head kick combination with. <laughs> she, 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 she seems to. <laughs> I noticed that when she fights, she goes to that well a lot. She she loves the one two. At least she didn't throw any spinning stuff. That's like because that's another one. Like she'll throw a spinning back fist way out of range and just like only Tony Ferguson can get away with spinning like forty feet out of distance <laughs> because he's so weird and long and willing to do it. Yeah, he'll spin forty feet and then go for a roll and grab you. And yeah, you get the Dark Souls roll me. and then he's he's on top of you. Yeah, he'll he'll make a whole string combination out of it that doesn't make sense, but he makes it work. 
But yeah, Paige, Paige Van Zant uh got the submission armbar over Rachel uh, Ostevich. So and Rachel Ostevich so. needs to take some time off and just uh, you know, just uh, what's the term I want to use? Well, I I I, I think uh-huh. her arm got really hurt, but no, I was gonna say like just I feel like she could use like a year in the gym because she's obviously talented. I just like there are holes in her game that need to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there, there's a foundation, but yeah. You want me to do the next one for you? I could do this one really. Well, this 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 next fight, <laughs> <fight, laughs> this this wraps up the main card. Glover Teixeira, Carl Roberson. Um, I posted on Twitter right before this fight that if Glover gets knocked out, I'm cutting this card off. I'm just not <laughs> watching. <laughs> and there was a brief moment where I thought I was gonna have to cut this off. <laughs> but I was gonna have to get out of here, man. I was, I was Glover had me nervous. Um, no idea how he recovered pro- from that. Yeah, like he, he he ate some shots, boy. He uh, I'm I'm proud of him because I <laughs> thought he was gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> like like when this fight got announced, because uh, for those who don't know, like uh, this fight was originally originally supposed to be Glover Teixeira and uh, e uh, uh Kudalaba. But uh, I don't think Kudalaba got injured or something happened. He couldn't fight. So Roberson was a late replacement. And I was like, yeah, Glover should be able to turn around the young guy. Then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. He's been kind of sketchy lately. Like he, ha- he hasn't, you know, he's not he's not Glover Glover anymore. He's, he's old man. He's old. I mean, really, he was always kind of old man Glover. I mean, he came into the UFC and he was already like in his upper 30s. But now he's like old man, old man Glover. Like you can kind of see it. But um, I don't even remember the sequence. It's where my memory is gonna fade, gonna fail me. It is three a.m., oh. so you should be forgiven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Glover. I know there's, there's. I think Glover went in for a double leg. He got the Travis Brown, uh, Josh Barnett, where he got in real deep on a double leg, and Roberson started throwing those elbows, and Glover. I thought he was done. He like folded. Yeah. <clears throat> and then afterwards, like in the post fight, he was just like, oh, "I was right." <laughs> like sure <laughs> but nah he, he showed some resolve man like he he came back from those elbows he managed to get another takedown I was like yes he there's life he's still <laughs> he, he's still there he's still he's still with us <laughs> um, yeah man he, he took advantage man he, he he ended up getting in the arm triangle choke and i was i was just relieved like he he lived to just he lived and that's all that mattered. He didn't get knocked out, and that made me very happy. Cause Glover just seems like like the nicest guy on earth. Like he, uh, somebody, somebody had posted this on Twitter. They said like he's the cool uncle that's actually cool that you actually like want to hang around. <laughs> he's like, he's, like he's he's actually like a really nice guy. Seems like he, he really. You know what? Like we were just talking about how MMA is like a microcosm, and it's like you have the guys who are obviously like the. I don't know what kind of term you use, the controversial figures, I guess would be the best way to put it. And then you have Glover Teixeira, who I, if you don't like Glover, you probably have a problem. Like, I judge you. Because right. he's he's that kind of a, he's that kind of a dude. Carl Roberson lost this fight the same way he lost the Mutante fight, which is that he's so raw and young that he has no idea what the ground game is. And it showcases. Because that was some ugly defense against Glover. <laughs> and, uh, it's weird because Glover Teixeira won, and now he's going to fight again. And that's kind of a bad thing. 
but I also think that like I probably would not have been able to handle Glover getting flattened and flattened and laid out in front of his students. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have been okay with that. I think Glover's slowly approaching like the Shogun territory. I'm like, how long is he gonna keep doing? He just this? called him out. Oh my god, that's that's the old man fight to end all old. <laughs> you want to talk about senior showdowns, man? This is senior this showdowns. Is the, this is the granddaddy, no pun intended, of them all. <laughs> senior showdowns. I'm trying, instead of a belt, it's like a instead of a belt, it's like a mug. <laughs> World's best 205 er There you go. <laughs> Senior showdowns. God, that that is. I don't know how I would feel about that fight, but I feel like it's gonna happen. Senior showdown. I'm not. I'm not gonna be ready for it. I'm just, but, uh... Senior showdowns is gonna be stuck because it's literally a senior showdown. It's, oh my god! It's like two mythical creatures. <laughs> oh man but congrats to Glover to share man getting the arm triangle uh, submission he, he lives his fight another you want to say that it's like a safe finish but he also took like 43 elbows so it kind of yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you sat down after that just go go collect yourself I know you were in good spirits but just make sure you're okay and then he offered the ESPN guys free jujitsu lessons there you go Look at that. The man is just a class Cla- Literally, like I said, he's a guy like the nicest dude in the world. Oh, man. I'm glad. I'm glad he won. That 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 made the me happy. senior that showdown. <laughs> oh, this next fight. It really, these next couple fights are, are going to be fun to talk. Well, let's about. just just. Um, I just but... want to go back real quick. I know it's like 5 a.m., but I want to touch on this real quick. Is Glover or JDS the nicest Brazilian of all time? Mm. Or Cowboy Oliveira. Oh, JDS is pretty nice too. He's pretty nice. Didn't he like hang out with uh, what's his name before their fight? Who? Uh, who, who was it? Trivasa. Trivasa. Weren't there like pictures of them like hanging? out? I'm sure of it. Like I, I just can't imagine anybody disliking JDS. That's a weird one. Oh, they might, be, they, they might be tied. Oh man. They might be like one A. I would B. say yeah, that's possible. And then you have like Sergio Morais and. Uh, and uh, Cowboy Oliveira, and then John Lineker. He seems to be happy all the time too. <laughs> it's, they're so happy, but they kill people. Like Lineker's like the most violent, in cage. He's like guy the scrappy ever. dude. He's really nice, and then you get them all worked up, and he wants to knock everybody out. <laughs> oh man, but, yeah. Prop shout, shout out to Glover. That any any Glover win, I'm I'm, I'm always happy for. Um, this next fight. Uh, this this is what headlined the ESPN portion of the card. Donald Cerrone versus Alexander Hernandez. Um, man, so this fight, I, I had a few a few thoughts when this got announced. Um, I, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I picked Hernandez to win, and my my thought process was that eventually Hernandez his pace would just be too much, and Cerrone can be a slow starter. Um, and that I think Hernandez was, I thought he'd be able to like, maybe not necessarily overwhelm, but just kind of outwork him to a decision. But I also remember thinking like the one thing Cerrone has in this fight that 
a lot of people just like as much as he can be a slow starter and you know sometimes maybe he loses fights that he he should win he's a very crafty dude and i think there are a lot of facets of his game that kind of get overlooked because we've we've seen him put on great performances and then we've kind of seen seen him at times be kind of inconsistent but you talk about a guy who's a veteran in every sense of the word. Like the man has fought like eighty thousand times, twenty thousand <laughs> finishes. Like, <laughs> like the man just he has so much experience, and then he has that ground game that people don't talk about, but it's there and it's very good when he actually decides to use it. But boy, did that not even have to happen in this fight. Like, the way he won, I didn't think he would win this way, if he were to win. I was thinking, like, more so Hernandez would, like, overwhelm him with a takedown and kind of like, I don't know, Perry fight, he gets caught with a triangle because Cerrone's just kind of crafty like that. Right. Um, but um, Hernandez, I mean, he started out okay. He had the pressure. He, it started out the way I thought it would. Hernandez is just immediate pressure in Cerrone's face. Um, he landed a couple of good shots. When Cerrone was taking the shots and wasn't really fading, I was like, oh, we might actually have, like, the, the, the old man is about to kick this young guy off the lawn. Like <laughs> <laughs> Different senior show Because, now. yeah, yeah, they're, they're trading, but I'm like, Cerrone's, he's, he's taking these hits, he's taking this pressure, like, a lot more, he's taking this better than I thought he would, and I was really impressed at, like, how... Like if you if you guys haven't watched Hernandez, like he just in every fight it's, just, it's an insane pace. Like it's it's a sickening pace that he keeps. And Cerrone was keeping up with him. Like he wasn't gassing out. He was maybe not. Well, eventually he had more output, especially that second round. But <laughs> like he was he was hanging with him. And Cerrone was just doing a lot of slick moves. I love the knee, man. The knee just. <clears throat> that, that knee is so deadly just every time he throws it and they're having these exchanges and Hernandez is doing okay but then Cerrone starts landing and then next thing you know Hernandez's nose is looking kind of funny and then he goes for a takedown he gets blasted with a knee and before you know it Cerrone just like went like super saiyan and it's just like he just found this groove and it, like I said, it's the old man kicking the young guy off the off the lawn. Like when Miles Jury thought he was gonna come in and be the new Mister Hot Stuff, and Cerrone like literally kicked him in his ass. Like, listen, <laughs> literally, like <laughs> Cerrone again, young guy comes in, and I'm not gonna fault Hernandez for being confident, cocky, whatever you want to call it. You know, he, he's young dude on the block. He you, you gotta know, do something. Whatever, to I get yourself from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, especially in that division. Sure. A bunch of killers. We mentioned Gillespie earlier. Yeah. Like, you, you got to separate yourself. Right. Cerrone ain't the guy, I guess. <laughs> uh, try to... <laughs> <laughs> and it was weird because, like, I'm looking at Cerrone's, like... I don't know, I, I always... I, I mention this a lot now on podcasts. Like, I, I, I always, like, look at people's, like, body language and just, like, how they move. And Cerrone, to me, like, still kind of, like, looks old, but it's, like... <laughs> I think it's the hair. Because yeah, the hair makes less. him look 15 years older than, like, it makes him look his fight age and not his actual age. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks, uh, he looks like, super old, like, old man Logan, like, but, 
but you watch him fight and he's just he was so just effective and efficient in this fight. Like I said, that knee was just money. Every time Hernandez thought he was going to shoot down or do anything, the knee's in, knees in your face. Then he's landing hooks. He's catching them with elbows. He, I don't think Hernandez was ready for like just the amount of offense and just uh, so much offense, a variety of offense. And I think, and I can't fault him for thinking this because I kind of thought the same thing. Like, all right, even if we engage in, like, a slugfest, I'm younger, I'm faster, I can outlast you. Like, eventually, you're going to wear down, and I'll just kind of be able to take over at some point. Nope, didn't happen. Cerrone goes super sand in the second round and just, he put a clinic. (laughs) He put a clinic on Hernandez. And then, you know, if Cerrone catches you with a head kick, you know, good luck. Yeah. You know. (laughs) <laughs> good luck <laughs> trying to survive that gets caught with a head kick and just gets pummeled like I mean they said it when Cerrone had that kid the man just activated a new level like that kid unleashed some superpowers that right <laughs> this is the true Cerrone final form and like you even hear it now like he's talking about I want the title like he this is like a goal now this is like a thing right. He's not, like, just fighting just to, like, oh, I'm just out here having fun. I'll fight, whatever, whatever. This is Cerrone, like, oh, like he's focused now. Like, I really want, I wonder if now, like, we, I think we've always said, like, he, Cerrone's talent has always been there. He, to me, he's always been, like, a champion-level talent. But, like, you watch certain fights, and it just kind of seems like he has these, like, mental lapses sometimes, where, like, he gets in a big moment, and he just, he severely underperforms. And I think this is going to be the last time we see, for real, if he can get over like that mental hump. Because it seems like he's at 155. He's turning around the young guys. I think this is going to be the last, like, hoorah. We'll, we'll get to see if... Cause I don't know. I don't know who he gets next after this. But I, I think he inserts himself in a pretty big fight. He might not be too far from a title shot because the way the you know the UFC works now, it's not who cares about rankings. Right. Those aren't real. Earning deserves Right. <laughs> if you if you put on exciting fights and especially if you're out here finishing people, you're gonna get a title shot. And everybody loves Cerrone. He's a fan favorite. He puts on exciting fights pretty much night in and night out. Anytime he's in there, so I think we might see this. This I think this might be the last hoorah to see if. If Final Form Cerrone <laughs> 155 is is really gonna make a run because he's out here, he's killing it, man. He he looked like that was a man who was not. I he just went like I'm not losing this fight. I'm I'm not losing this fight. Get off my lawn. Yeah, that was some <laughs> yeah that was some force of nature type stuff. It was interesting. Um, you talked about the knees. The first two times he threw that knee, he got blasted with some counters. So it was weird because I think he kept expecting Hernandez to shoot, but Hernandez was willing to trade with him. So I think that forced a reset where he's like, all right, well, if you're going to stand with me, uh, I have more of my tools. I have more tools than you do. uh, So we'll just see how long it takes before you start backing up. And I think like the third clean shot he landed when they were trading against the fence, Hernandez backed up. And then that knee started to land because Hernandez was now starting to panic shoot. And you don't want panic against Donald Cerrone because I think he's one of those guys who, when you start freaking out, he gets excited because like, he knows he's got you. 
So watching Cerrone <clears throat> time that and get the knee timing down, and as soon as he landed it, you could see it coming over and over. That was really cool. Hernandez had a body kick he kept throwing. And I wonder if the game plan was like, well, he's... I wonder if it was like, well, you know, Cerrone's weak to the body, so just go to the body. Because he was landing them, but he ate like four or five Cerrone shots to throw that one body kick. And that's not a trade-off you want to make. Um, Donald Cerrone, is, that was his best performance in years. Probably since Rick Story back in 2016. Like, that was amazing. That was high-level stuff. Um... <clears throat> it just his offensive versatility, the way he puts things together, the way he pressured Hernandez, tired Hernandez out. You know, it's real easy to be the super aggressive bull if you're coming forward, but if you got to back up, you know, fighting going backwards is a skill. Some guys have to really develop it. Hernandez didn't have it, and um, Cerrone sensed it, so now he had him on the back foot and he carved him up. He looked like a, he had a lot of boo boos. Uh, put it that way. <laughs> and kudos to Daniel Cormier, who called that head kick like two minutes before it happened. When he's like, the head kick's coming because Hernandez is, is starting to... Cerrone throws that head kick pretty consistently, and Hernandez is starting to dip. So he had kind of a good read on it. And Hernandez was so close to getting that hand up perfectly to block it a little bit better. Got hit, ate it, went down, and Cerrone gets you down, you're done, man. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Cerrone would take, would he take that fight or would he take the, uh, would he take the title fight or would he take the McGregor fight? I don't know. It depends. I mean, cause I'm pretty sure at one point, yeah, Cerrone versus Habib was supposed to have been a thing a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was like April or July. Yeah. And that. Uh, that fight ended up not happening. I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh no, no, I mean, no! The... It was, it was, <laughs> it was the same card where Jones was gonna fight Rumble, and I think Khabib pulled out, and John McDessie fought Cerrone. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was like May. Yeah, the, the Connor fight would be obviously, you know, so is that? Well, I don't know. Is that a money fight still? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's still. Oh yeah, I won't do that to Connor. He's, he's still gonna bring in pay per view numbers. So yeah, the the Connor fight. I mean, I think they're both. I guess it kind of depends on what he wants. Like, I think they're both good fights. Like, if you beat Connor, I think that's just that's a really good name to kind of have on your resume. And boy, for Connor, if he lost that fight, that would be. Uh, I mean, oof, yeah. Oof. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it like that. Man, that's a that's a dangerous. I, that's a winnable fight for Connor, but like, I think Cerrone has skills that he. He can win that right. fight. I, I don't know if I would a hundred percent pick him, but it's not out the like. If he won, I wouldn't right. be shocked. And recency bias: if we he... just saw Cerrone blast out a top fifteen right. lightweight in relatively short order. Yeah, and the thing with like with Connor, I, I not to turn this in conversation about him, um, but I, I noticed like you watch a lot of his old highlights and you watch the Habib fight. He looked bad. Like he looked <laughs> well in his defense. Like, he took like four years off and took a really hey man. That's understand. <laughs> I took a box. <laughs> he just looked really something looked really off about him. Like he didn't that normal like bravado. Yeah, he was that a, normal like it wasn't there. Like that air of but... 
He did. Oh, wow. Like he looked going there. Huh? He did. Like, because <laughs> if you if you watch a lot of his old highlights, like even in I, I think of well I can't remember how long ago we when we started this podcast 2017. I don't know if this is well documented, but like during Connor's come up, I, I wasn't like a huge fan. I didn't like the, the favoritism. But even when you would watch his fights, you could tell like this guy fights like he knows he's gonna win. Like right. As much as like I didn't want to admit and I didn't <laughs> didn't like how much he was winning, you watch him fight and it's like, yeah, this guy, he's very sure of himself. And in the Habib fight, he did not that he wasn't that same guy. So I'm wondering like if he fights Cerrone, if we get that guy who's not too sure of himself. Right. And I mean it's it's worth luck. pointing out Cerrone's wrestling a lot more now. So that's a added intrigue to that. Yeah. God, that's a really kind of tough fight to pick. Yeah. Cause I'm like, like I said, Connor could Connor could crack him. He definitely right. could. But I mean, Habib has great wrestling, but so does Cerrone has really good grappling, and then he has that also that threat of submissions, right. which is very uh, th- uh, underrated part of his game. But it's yeah, I mean, and, it, and and again, to be fair, we're kind of suffering under some recency bias. Like we just saw Cerrone blow a dude out, whereas we saw Connor kind of, you know, yeah. Realistically, Connor could come back and flatline Cerrone, and then we have a whole different right. Like we're just we're in the <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. But as it stands, I, I would say though, like Cerrone, what, whichever direction he decides to go, I think he set himself up for a pretty good fight. Because uh, I think it says something when you turn out when you turn down like the young, you know, the young gun, the guy that you're. I don't say you're supposed to lose to, but you know, we we kind of think you're weathered a bit and you don't have as much in the right. tank. When you turn a guy like that away, I think that still shows like, all right, he he's not done yet. There's there's still there's still something left in, oh, in sure. his tank. He can different still kind of, right. he can still different keep kind of performance, but very reminiscent of Frankie Edgar Yaya Rodriguez. Yeah. In, in terms of just like <laughs> you know, this is the setup fight, but you just kind of blow right through it. Yeah, so. go go back to the gym, young man. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have you have my and Hernandez mind. for what it's worth looked good early, and then I think he just got. Got kind of frazzled. Yeah, I think when he realized it wasn't going the way he thought it was going to go, <laughs> he was like, "Uh oh." He kind of did have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a panic to him. Yeah, old man. Hit but he back. kept fighting, and like he he had his moments. So I'm not gonna. I, I'm a little bit higher on Hernandez after this, but alas. All right. But yeah, great, great, great performance from Cerrone. Still got so. six more of these to go. Hot huh, boy. All right. Well, somebody's in. Yeah. Too, so. Um. <clears throat> Next fight, I was really, really hyped for this. Joanne Calderwood. I don't know if it's Arian or Arane. I don't know how they they pronounce it weird during the. They I'm pronounce it almost like like uh, like Ariani, except with just Ariane. Whatever. Either way, lips. Maybe maybe it is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lips. Violence queen. <laughs> yeah, the violence queen. I was really hyped for this fight. Um, I've always been a Calderwood fan. I'd heard Lipsky's name floating around for like the last couple months. But I didn't like actually go to like watch her fights until probably about last week, and I watched about four of her fights, and I was like, "Oh my god, she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm sold." I'm a... <laughs> she is in fact the violence say, queen. Yeah, say no more. I'm, I'm I'm all for this fight. Um, yeah, but <clears throat> see, I can't remember which which fight it was I watched. I don't remember the other person's name, but and one of Lipsky's fights because I, I knew like. I heard about like the striking pedigree, so my first question is, all right, how do you do on the ground when somebody gets you down? And like in one of the fights I saw from her, 
she actually did get taken down, and she seemed, like, pretty competent, and she ended up, I think she won that fight, like, via armbar or something like that, so, like, all right, she, she knows what she's doing on the ground, like, she'll, you know, because we, we've seen Joanne Calderwood at, at 125, she's, like, she's, she's a whole yeah, she really is now. a completely different fighter, <laughs> it's insane. yeah, she is completely reinvented, so I was thinking for Lipsky, like, all right, I've seen your ground game, you look, you know, Calderwood has a ground game now. That's something clearly she's been working on. But I'm like, Lipsky looks pretty competent. Fight starts. They start exchanging. Lipsky's landing some really good combinations. I'm like, oh, violence queen. It's, it's, here, here it comes. And uh, that was about it. <laughs> that was like the last. <laughs> I think that and like a third round takedown. Yeah. Other than that, Calderwood did really good on the feet and definitely did well on the ground. Like she, like we said, like Calderwood at 125 is like a complete different like animal. I mean, obviously the striking skills are still, you know, still there, still present. Um, She was able to, you know, and the the one time she ate a flurry, she was able to to take Lipsky's shot, able to fire back her own. And then just the ground game, it was such a huge gap. Just, and it wasn't me or like did me to me Calderwood seemed like bigger than that. Yeah, like, I would agree. Like very, yeah, like physically she just seemed like she was able to kind of bully. Her yeah, I don't know if bit. she was bigger or if she just fought bigger. Because <clears throat> she like, I, like physically, I don't know how much different they were, but she seemed like she was bigger. Yeah, she she was, she was taking her down and just kind of like now we're going to the ground. It's because I say so. <laughs> <laughs> she and she just. He kind of gave her the big sister treatment, and hell of an armbar too. Yes, yeah. an armbar attempt. Yeah, she she put it on Lipsky, yeah, man. That's like she. This was a like, and in Calderwood's last fight, it was like okay, she made a lot of improvements, and then in this fight, I'm like, is is she title contender? Is she, is are we ready to you know? I mean, because this division still kind of. I mean, you you were just thin. talking about it. Nico Montano's phone's not ringing. So yeah, <laughs> her beeper hasn't and, gone off. Yeah, yet. yeah, not at all. <laughs> not, not, not at all. Like I, I think Calderwood is now kind of, you know, insert new challenger. I like, mean, I'll be honest. I'd rather see Calderwood against Shevchenko than Ivor Shevchenko. A hundred <clears throat> so, million yeah, percent like, agree. Especially if Calderwood can wrestle a little bit like that. That was a new improvement that I was uh, I was very impressed with. Um. And, you know, like, I think we forget that Calderwood came here from, she wasn't, like, a jujitsu expert, but, like, she can snap off some, she can snap off some arm bars, uh, and, and I thought her rear naked choke wasn't too bad, her rear naked choke attempt, and once she figured out that Lipsky was dangerous in the clinch, she kind of navigated the distance, her jab was really good, a very sharp, really good jab that threw Lipsky's timing off every single time, um... Calderwood's a smarter fighter, and sometimes you're a little less exciting when you're a smarter fighter, but I thought that she was pretty exciting, and she brought the, you know, she was like the whole package tonight. Like, this was the fighter who we had been hearing about. Like, if you watch, like, her SFL and her Invicta appearances, like, this is the fighter that we had been hyped up on. Right. I'm all in on this Calderwood. Like, I I don't know if she fights Shevchenko yet, but that fight can't be too far away. Who else would be in her way? Right, yeah. Let's say Paige, not... you're gonna do Paige and Joan. She didn't get Paige killed. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Young Jacek? I 
conference call or what? I'm down yeah, for that. I mean, that's 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 a that's a fun fight. Um, it's kind of funny because I feel like Calderwood, the way she kind of treats fighters now, is the way like she used to lose fights. Like my striking's good, and then people get me down, and there's a kind of a hole in my game that I haven't like quite figured right. out. And now she's figured it out, and she's, like, big sistering people now. Always a big fan of personal growth between fighters, and, like, she's showing a lot of it. Yeah. And I think it, what's really impressive is, like, we'll see fighters who, like, all right, they're a good striker, but we know they need to work on their wrestling. And they'll get in a fight and try to work their wrestling, and it turns into, like, a boring clinch fest where they can't really get right. takedowns, and they just kind of... But this wasn't like that. Like, she's getting takedown she's advancing position she's going for submission it really looks like she like locked herself in a gym like she went to the the, the dragon ball z hyperbolic time chamber and just kind of just all right we're grappling for like four years she watched a lot of gsp <laughs> and was like oh that's not that hard now <laughs> no i'm all in on call i do think though um in the in the third round i was a little concerned she got put on her back and it didn't seem like she was doing a whole lot to get off of her back uh, I'm always a fan of fighters throwing throwing damage from their bo- from the bottom, but her little like hammer fists weren't really doing much, so that was a little concerning because you know Shevchenko is very big and very strong for 125, and I think she could take Joanne down and th- uh, Joanne down, and then what are you gonna do? So uh, that okay. needs to be improved. But what a performance! And like again, I don't see anybody who's like in her way for a title shot. Okay. <clears throat> Although I'll ask I'll yeah, ask you yeah. this. If it's Shevchenko who flamed out, well, I didn't flame out, but if it's Shevchenko who couldn't get the job done at 135 against Joanne Calderwood who lost multiple times at 115, does that diminish 125 any? I don't know. It's hard to... <laughs> now again, granted, I say this with Jessica I, who lost like seven fights in a row in the title shot, <laughs> but still, I think it's worth discussing. I mean, I guess I kind of give this division the benefit of the doubt because it's still so right. new. So, like when I I know like these first couple of like title defenses and a lot of these matches in general, like it's probably gonna be some wacky stuff going on because everything just everything just kind of has to like the the chip still gotta fall in place and at least it's better than featherweight where like at least there are some bodies who are at least oh yeah like you you have mark hominick and kenny florian and (laughs) no i'm with you i'm with you i understand your point i think your point's out just want just want yeah i'll I'll give them and i I think with shevchenko i think like her skill set's so good that I, I can't really... I, I can see that how you're saying. Like, people might look at the division as a whole. It's kind of like, oh, maybe these are just like the outcasts who couldn't... The great value bantamweights and the great value... Right. <laughs> but then my argument would be, well, at least for bantamweight, I mean, look at bantamweight. That's a good point. Do we really good care point. about, you know... Oh, man. Gonna uh... <laughs> get Anti-Cole all mad when he hears this. You're talking bad about bantamweight. <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna take this. Uh, you know, it's... Kinda. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It is. I, 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 it, it is. No, I was, it, it, it's kind of is what it is. Bantamweight's just kind of. It was exciting at one point, and then it 
fizzled out so yeah. quick. Well, that's what happens and when then you... Nunez came and killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you don't invest. You don't invest in the division. Get some new talent in there. Uh, I'm cool with. I'm cool with like. You, you gotta whoever's available is who's available. You want to build this division up. You gotta have fighters fighting. So, if it's just a bunch of quote unquote failed fly uh, failed straw weights and bantam weights, then I think we'll we'll suck it up. Yeah. <clears throat> and shout out to Calderwood who has like the nicest voice ever. Uh. Okay. Well, like, who has the worst then? Hmm. You remember Francis Carmone? Why was I randomly thinking about him the other day? Like, does he still fight? Dude, I don't know why you're thinking about Francis Carmone. <laughs> because, because at one point, uh, I think it's because he, he trained with GSP, uh, so okay. I just had, like, the bias. I was like, oh, man, he's going to be a – he's going to be great. He started off okay, and then – I'm trying to think of who has the happened. worst voice, like, the most horrifying. Rocco Martin, Anthony Martin, sounds like he ate glass and – I don't like Joe Warren's voice. He's a little whiny. Yeah, I don't, I don't like uh, I'm trying to think of who's the worst, though. Yoel Romero's got to be in the conversation. His horse is funny to me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think of his as well, I, just, like, I think he's <laughs> always yelling no matter what he's saying. It always comes out like a yell. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Ah, you know who's the worst for me. Shout out to one championship. They had a card uh, today <clears> that was actually pretty good. Um, one of their announcers, not Chevello, that other guy, his voice. Ugh, nails on a chalkboard for me. I don't know his Who name. has the voice? Karen Bryan has that effect on me. I didn't know a lot of people like don't like her. I, I don't. It's not that I don't like her. It's just she has a like. I think she. I, look, there's no doubt Karen Bryan loves MMA, and like she's super passionate about the sport. But like she has that kind of a voice, that kind of a you know. And I think it's because she sounded like a teacher I had in like fourth grade. No, no, no. <laughs> a teacher I had in fourth grade who like made me cry. So maybe I just have a uh, subconscious beef. She does have kind of that teacher voice. I, I, I can see that. Guidance counselor voice? Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. She, she, she has that, that kind of that voice. Like, like, if you didn't show me her face and I just heard her voice and you made me guess her profession, I, I, <laughs> she's, she's an instructor of some sort. And got <laughs> Telling some... I don't remember what he sounds like. He's got, like, the deepest, scariest voice, but he's, like, the nicest guy ever. <laughs> so, um, who's another guy? Calderwood just sounds like she could read you a really nice bedtime story. Like, if you were having a bad day, she could read you, like, a little little children's book, and you just go right I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I don't know how to take that at 3.36 I don't at mean that weird <laughs> I think Daniel Cormier right, was trying to think of a compliment, too, and he was like, you want to take her to the coffee shop? Which is an old man thing to say. <laughs> you want to... <laughs> Let's move on. I'm just trying to figure out. I, like, I, I don't know how we got here. You brought us here. I don't know either. We're moving on to 205 of all things. Uh, Alonzo Against Ariel Hawani. Uh, but yeah, these, uh, this is uh, Ariel Hawani. If he hit the... I can't even say hit the gym because Vinicius didn't it's really sweet. spread it like that. If he grew... <laughs> he looks like Ariel Hawani <laughs> to me. I don't know if I've, anybody else feels that way, but he's... He looks like a creator wrestler, Ariel Hawani. Alonso <laughs> Menafield, Vinicius Moreira. Um, I ain't gonna lie, I don't remember a lot of this fight other than thinking, um, like, in the beginning, Lonzo was just throwing a lot of bombs, and I was like, oh, boy, he's gonna punch himself out and lose a fight that he should win. <laughs> but nope, that didn't happen. 
<laughs> I just remember them walking like to the center of the cage after they do a like let's fight, and I was like, oh my god, Morero looks like he's he looks like he's got broken knees, like compared to Menafield's pure speed. <laughs> I was like, this was a tough dad. This was a tough dad yeah. who went on a vacation and went up, went up to the two hundred five. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I really don't. I don't remember how this fight ended. I just remember a lot of punches <laughs> until somebody wasn't moving anymore. Morea threw like a spinning back kick, but it was so slow that Minifield was able to just step back and punch him after he landed. Oh <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so it was like a, it was actually unfair. It's like if somebody was lagging in a video game. Listen, man, if you're at two hundred five, don't throw spinning stuff. Like unless you're John Jones, the rest of you guys. Well, you Gus can. can get away with it, but like. Those are, but you have to have like he didn't even have any speed with it. like it was like we all knew what was happening. <laughs> like, do you ever play? I'm telling like a video game on lag. You ever play like a UFC fighting game and then the dude's like just gassed out because you just threw a whole bunch of like wacky shit. <laughs> so he's moving in slow motion. Gassed out and your connection is two bars. <laughs> gassed out, your connection has two bars. Someone else is using it to. Uh... He's not at the stream Netflix. And that's the worst kind of, like, punch to get hit with because, like, you're you're not even, like, fully facing your opponent and then a right hand just, like, Bops you. In, your, in your peripheral, you just see a right hand just, oh. You like don't that. know who hit you. And it's not like the UFC <laughs> right. security can keep, geez, keep guys out of the cage. You could have got hit by, uh, <laughs> Zubair Tuhogov jumped in there to get you. Yeah. Yeah, poor Vinicius, a.k.a. Uh, Ariel, when he takes the Mario mushroom. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he didn't make it. He did, he didn't they make put it. this fight together, um, and I wonder if it was supposed to be a showcase fight for Menafield, or if they thought, like, you know, Vinicius can get him down. He's got a shot. I feel like it was for Menafield, because I, I feel like they are trying to showcase the Contender Series, right. guys. Well, the other guy um, was from the Brazilian Contender Series. Oh. The same. Can you believe that the same show that gave us Johnny Walker gave us this guy? Mm. It's the <laughs> two completely different athletes in the right. same division. Where they find you at? Another muck. Another <laughs> muck trying to trying to uh, muck's the Pokemon, right? Who's like the big sewage monster? Okay, I'll yeah. make sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was muck, and then he got hit and turned to drowsy. Uh, and then uh, yeah. it was all over. And good stoppage by the referee, yeah. by the way. Because, <clears throat> uh, yeah, do you remember the stoppage or no? You could be honest at this point. I think. Yeah, okay. I don't. So Menafield hits him with that punch. Vinicius goes down. Menafield's landing some ground and pound, some really good ground and pound. And he wasn't out, but he was definitely not defending himself. And the referee jumped in and stopped it pretty much before it got ugly. So... Good ref in there. Shout out to Contender Series guys. Doing, well, all right, not all of them did. Texas Contender uh, Series guys are showing up big. Yeah, 2-1-0. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in that gym, but it's working. Fortis MMA, <laughs> a lot of credit deserved to those guys. Yeah, keep, keep, keep it going. So, shout out to Alonzo Minifield, uh, TKO and Vinicius Moreira. Uh, next fight. And Joe, just, just real out quick. The- if you take chances on 205ers, you might get a guy like this. So sign a couple less 155ers and start collecting those big dudes. 
Yeah, shout out to 205 for not like ruining the Oh, no, for sure. They had two really good fights. Yeah. Yeah, they showed up. Old old man Glover, you know, he he came back and Minifield just kept going. Now I'm just just imagining the quote unquote senior showdown and like Alonzo (laughs) Minifield showing up like with his his hot rod just to like rev it on the lawn. (laughs) This is the worst. This is the worst like divisional breakdown ever. Menafield shows up with an iPhone. They're all blown away. They have no fucking idea what it is. <laughs> oh man, senior showdown. Ah, oh, that Corey Sandhagen's really good. He is. Yeah, man, Corey Sandhagen. I'm kind of mad because this fight was originally been Lineker, supposed yeah. to be Sandhagen versus. <clears throat> yeah, that that would have been all kinds of violence. But I I I I watched Sandhagen fight in LFA. And he was nothing but chaos in LFA, and it is just continued in the UFC, and it's just really fun to watch. Um, dude, the dude is just—I only know how—he's just really fun to watch. Just good array of strikes, nice. Uh, he was throwing a lot of good body shots. Um, I mean, and props to Mario because he, he took this fight on like late notice. He was, he was like the third opponent <laughs> for this fight. <laughs> he really was. So, yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, you know. Props to him. Imagine probably, you know, I don't know what kind of shape he was in. Maybe he had to cut weight early, but you're going against Sanhagen, who, you know, name-wise is like a relative unknown to, I guess, like the average audience. But if you've been watching Sanhagen fight, this dude's an animal, man. He's really, really, really fun to watch. Just another one of those guys who's kind of just always active, whether it's striking, you're on the ground, he's throwing up submissions he, he's doing everything he can to win a fight he, he's never not in your face um and he, he gave mario pretty much all he could handle um and he, he got mario on the armbar and he what is he 2-0 3-0 oh? in the ufc no, two and... hmm. he beat uh austin arnett and then he beat uh god what's his name not il demar alcantara yuri alcantara and now this dude we have a Mario and a Luigi in the UFC, by the way. <laughs> they do not fight in the same weight class. Otherwise, I would really push for that. <laughs> uh, I'm always on, on Team Luigi. Oh, wow, one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> always on Team Luigi. But, yeah, Corey Sanhagen, man. He, Bantamweight is, is another... It, it's. It's becoming another one of those divisions where, like, even outside of the top ten, there there's some beasts running around. There there's some guys you don't want that problem with, and and I think he's he he's one of those guys. Well, he's turning into one of those guys if he isn't already. Just a really freakishly good athlete too. Like he moves really well. He was pulling off some Dominic Cruz, T.J. Dillashaw style, like stutter steps to get inside, land to the body, and then throw the leg kick. Like he was putting some good stuff together and on the ground he was really good um i think the finish was like batista went for like a slam and he like snuck out and and got and grabbed the arm and then it turned into like a a bunch of chain submissions like i can't remember off the top of my head it is like 3 a.m guys so uh the intricacies of the takedowns will be like third fight of the night or beginning to to miss Um, (laughs) right (laughs) but i do remember like I remember being really impressed with Batista and then being really impressed with Sanhagen because he's, he's just freakishly good. Like one of those dudes who they sign 
who did make the contender series, so they don't get a lot of publicity and they don't get a lot of hype. And then he just kind of goes off. And watching him is so much fun. I, I'm a big, big Sandhagen fan. And he knows how to use his frame because he's a very absolutely, yeah, a, a, kind of kind of a lanky. He he's, he's a problem to deal with. Like you look at his frame and his skill set, and he like he knows how to <laughs> to, to make it all. And, work. and like you, we he, talked, like you you want to see prospects get tested, and like this is the second fight in a row where he's been in a few weird spots, and he just is so calm. Like you can't teach that kind of poise. That's like Brian Ortega level poise. So yeah. Uh, Big, big, big thumbs up. And what a way to start off the card, too. Like, the ESPN card, so. Everybody gets a thumbs up there. Shout out, yeah. Definitely, definitely big shout out to, to Corey Sanhagen. That's why I say, man, like, watch. Watch these other organizations. That's why I love LFA so much. Like, a lot of their guys, you know, not not all of them, you know, really, like, maybe they won't come over and be right. champ. But they, they send a lot of quality fighters to the UFC or whatever organization. There is... You know, that those fighters Absolutely. go to. There's no excuse to be, and I say this as somebody who doesn't keep up with every organization, there's really no excuse to be uneducated. Because, like, every organization is at your fingertips. So, uh, if you want to see a, if you want to see somebody before they get to the UFC, they're going to be out there for you to see them. So, don't be surprised. So, if you got Access TV, watch, watch, watch LFA, man. And they, they put on a lot of cards. They put on a lot of cards. Yeah, like once a week, seemingly. Yeah, there's always somebody getting punched. <laughs> and or kicked. <laughs> at, least, at least once a week. Yeah, or kicked. Um, but yeah, props to Corey Sanhagen, man. Dude, dude, dude is awesome, and he just continues <clears throat> to impress. Um, and moving on to the uh, ESPN Plus early prelims, uh, Dennis Bermudez versus Tay Edwards. Um, man, uh, Bermudez comes up to lightweight, and uh, he, he puts in some work. <laughs> Tay, Tay had a, a decent first round from what I remember. Um, but in that second and third, man, Bermuda is just, he, he just worked them. Like, you know Bermuda's man, dude is just relentless with takedowns. Another one of those, like, kind of pressure guys. He's kind of always in your face, not really letting you breathe. And <laughs> there was a point in this fight, I think, I can't remember if it was the second or third round, where Tay was trying to get him to, like, meet in the middle of the cage. <laughs> And he's trying to like motion him over, but you can look at his body language, like, dude, you're completely good. yeah, no, like, like he, yeah. he was he was like totally out of options. Yeah, he just was trying to fist for a knockout that just wasn't wasn't happening. But good on Bermudez, man. Like uh, Edwards was a you know pretty hyped up prospect. He, he has a lot of I, I think he has a lot of talent, but obviously Bermuda is like another guy just he's a vet man he's been in there with the best of them he's had a lot of great fights very well-rounded not not somebody you're about to just go in and get an easy win out of um a step too yeah, far just, for he, for Tiago. yeah 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 that, that yeah that, that was a step too far and Bermuda just kind of took him down and beat him up and just kind of dominate him especially in the, the latter half of that fight um and then Bermudez retires um at the end Decides to hang up the gloves, gives a pretty pretty emotional speech, uh, you know, about retiring. I think he had an uncle who's fighting cancer. cancer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, best of luck to him. But good good to see him go out on a win and go out on his terms. And you know, I'm I'm always happy to see fighters, whether they win or lose, like you you retire still looking like you're in good form, like <laughs> not not looking like an old you know, guy. I'm not even gonna bring this. Go ahead. Up, but 
Yeah, right, no, right. That, yeah we'll, we'll, I'll rant for another 30 minutes. Uh, what fight was it? That I don't, <laughs> you know what? It's I'm not going to doubt that. What fight was it? <laughs> what fight? Let's, don't be, don't be Chuck. Was it the Chuck T. There we go. Chuck and <laughs> yeah. T. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't retire like Chuck. But yeah, he left on his own terms. Uh, so good, good, great performance on him. Nice, nice way to just a uh, dominant win to end your career off. Uh, hold on, wait a minute. Let me get this out of there. Okay. Uh, no, well, I'm tired. I'm a little tired, a little fatigued. I, I wasted all that energy trying. I wasted all that energy talking myself into a circle about Greg Hardy that I. I should have saved some for T. Edwards, Dennis Jr. Uh, no, seriously, like I. I was uh, T. Edwards. I really like him, like as an athlete, and but I feel like this is the second fight in a row where I've seen him. I've seen him struggle to adapt once somebody figures out something that's going to work, and like. He was doing really well with the uppercut. You know, if you're a short, if you got a shorter opponent, throw that uppercut out there. Bermudez plants hard, comes forward a lot, so you can land it. And he did. That's how he hurt him the first time. Uh, he hurt him with an uppercut and then dropped him with something over the top. I, as soon as Bermudez got the takedown, Edwards, like, relented. And so I think that gave Bermudez reason to believe that if he could take that shot, if, if, if he could get out of the way of the uppercut, he was going to get him down repeatedly. And he had no problem getting him down repeatedly, which is weird because Edwards is a, you would assume that Edwards is a good athlete. He's got a lot of, he's got some explosive ability. He'd be able to get back up to his feet. Never could. And uh, Bermudez just basically took him down at will. Cormier was calling out when the takedowns were going to come. And sure enough, they would come immediately after. So um, it was a, it was a very impressive performance by Dennis Bermudez. And then he retires, which good, you know, like he had some, he had some performances where we, I think everybody kind of thought he would have won. Like, I think, did anybody have him losing to Rick Glenn and the fight that he lost to Rick Glenn? I don't think anybody did. So, <clears throat> I, I I still think Bermudez has more to give. But if he wants to retire, then that's totally acceptable. T. Edwards, I kind of feel like... T. Edwards is weird because you probably cut him except somebody else would sign him, and if he gets it in a different organization, you just probably lost the top 15 fighter, I think, in terms of just pure talent. So I don't know what you do with him. Do you give him, like, a soft, soft, soft touch? But I kind of feel like they tried to, because Bermuda's is coming off multiple losses and going up a weight class. Uh, I don't know what you do with T. Edwards, but... Uh... And we'll say, at lightweight, there aren't a lot of... Soft. Yeah, like, they tried to... They gave him, yeah. like, Dan Mage... Dan Modge, who I think was like seven and four, it turns out Modge is fucking amazing. But like they're tr- they've tried to kind of soft toss him, and it ain't working. So he may need to go back to the regionals. Yeah, hard hard, hard knock life. It life. really is. Like I like <laughs> if he was a one eighty five or a two hundred five, like he's getting five chances. But you're a lightweight, and you know that's the worst division to be in if you're not really 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 good yet. But yeah, shout shout out to Bermudez. You know, best best of luck to him and uh, you know, future endeavors. I feel like we'll see. I hope so. I hope so. I because like if he gets released, Bellator should sign him. He's good enough to be on their prelims or to take one of their main card spots on some of these like Thackerville cards. So yeah, like we said, it's not. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, that's they hold shows there. 
Yeah, yeah, they they hit those random. Uh... How dare you dis- disrespect the people of Thackerville, uh, Oklahoma? <laughs> oh man, next fight. Oh, I was really hyped for this. What fight. a fight this was, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Neal Bilal Muhammad. I was so hyped for this fight, and then I was so hyped that like this fight was everything I thought it was gonna be and more. Um. <laughs> Kind of a shame, I think, that this was on like an early prelim. I, I wish more people would have, you know, I, I I wish more people would have been able to see this. Like, had it been on like the, the maybe the ESPN portion of the card. Oh yeah, Either for way. sure. Like, I, this was a fight that was good enough to be on the ESPN Plus main card. You know? Yeah, this this was awesome. And I mean, for people who've the, the narrative of this fight, pretty much like Jeff Neal coming off the Frank Camacho KO. Um, which he had kicked him to like another planet. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Neal looked like a guy who, you know, all right, we might need to keep an eye on him. And Bilal Muhammad, you know, another relative, I guess you could say relatively new face, but compared to Neal, has fought much tougher competition. Um, and I think it's proven himself more at, against tougher competition. So it was, it was kind of it was a good test for both, like for Neil to see if you can beat a guy who's kind of somewhat on your level, but I think he's kind of where you want to be. And for Bilal, it's like you got to fend off this this guy who kind of looks like he might he might be a big deal. Um, and man, this yeah, this fight was was amazing. Um, Jeff Neil just really great pinpoint striking. Doesn't waste a lot of movement. Doesn't not out here flailing punches like i feel like he kind of throws when he knows he's gonna land that left <laughs> that left hand comes so fast like <laughs> and there's no telegraph and it just you just look up and it's just there and either you dodge it or you get hit um had a not a lot uh a lot of uh, a lot of nice body kicks um he didn't keep him going throughout the fight but he landed a, a couple of good ones in the first round um, it looked like he was kind of tagging Bilal up, but Bilal never went away, man. And if you've watched any of Bilal's fights, you kind of know, like, dude's just, he's one of those really just tough, gritty guys, and he just would not go away. Neil would catch him with all kinds of combinations. By, like, the middle of the second round, Bilal's nose just, like, he got, like, slapped with a frying pan. Oh. <laughs> His nose looks... His face and nose just looks so busted up. But, man, he just, he never left the fight. Like, Neil's landing these combinations. He rocks him. He stuns him. And you think Bilal Muhammad's about to go away. Nope. He gets back up. He finds a way to get back in the fight. Um, he, he I felt like he did start to get a bit comfortable in the latter half of the fight. Like, he started to find his groove more. Um, He started landing good strikes of his own, and he was firing back, and... He was amounting some some good offense, but uh, I think Neil just kind of had just more in the repertoire, especially the striking repertoire. And shout-outs to Neil. There was a moment where I, I thought the, the turning point of this fight for Bilal, I thought his biggest chance was to, you know, work his takedowns because we haven't seen much of Neil, like, off of his back. Um, so that might have been an area he could exploit. There was a moment where Bilal went to take Neil down and Neil for a good like 15 seconds posted up on one arm <laughs> and just refused to go down like he was like, holding himself up with one arm and 
I feel like anybody else would have got taken down. And dude was just so strong that he just posted up on this one arm until he was just able to get back up. And once that happened, I was like, oh, he can fend off takedowns. Now Bilal might be in trouble. But, no, it was an amazing fight that had, like, back-and-forth moments, but I think Neil just had more moments where he was able to get off a lot more combinations, tag him, rock him a couple of times. But it was an amazing fight. Like, go go back. and This is one of the best fights on this card. For sure. Definitely go For back sure. and watch this one. I would say number two at number three at worst and number two at best behind Cerrone Hernandez. Uh, Jeff Neal offensively is so much fun to watch because it's never the same thing twice. Like he's got the ability to mix things up. Uh, his combinations can be varied. <clears throat> he still has a great left hand, but he kind of finishes with it differently sometimes. Like he doesn't do the same thing over and over. I loved uh, his head kick is so quick. It's just so quick and so, like, untelegraphed. We talk about, like, naked kicks all the time and whatever. Like, he throws it, and it lands more often than not. And when it lands, it lands hard. I have no idea how Bilal Muhammad's head did not uh, fall off. It was it was good. I mean, and Neil's... I'm trying to think of the proper way to... I'm trying to think of the proper terminology for it. Neil's patience and his composure is really, really good for a quote-unquote young fighter. Like, Bilal Muhammad was able to land on him, and it, like, he never got discouraged. He never came, He never got out of his own game plan. And, like, because you have those guys, like, Bilal Muhammad is going to wear on you. He's going to lean on you. He's going to put you against the fence. His clinch game is pretty good. And Neil was able to get out of that. He was able to just stay composed, not gas himself out panicking. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Jeff Neal fan. And I think we need to start talking about him among the rest of the dudes we have in this welterweight violence tournament that we're working on. Because he's, he's got a lot of tools. He's a special dude. Um, Bilal Muhammad's unreal tough. And I don't know what Vicente Luque hit him with to put him down. But it must have been a sledgehammer. Right, because yeah, he ate that head kick. And I, I thought Frank Camacho 2.0. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cause, but, like, he <laughs> yeah. ate it flush. And then I'm like, he didn't, like, fall immediately. He just kind of stumbled. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, guy? Uh, Muhammad was a good test for Jeff Neal. But I do wonder. You know, Bilal Muhammad is very limited athletically, I think. I want to see Jeff Neal fight a guy who can who can do a bit more movement-wise. So, hmm. but, hey, that's why you do step-ups, right? Yep, and he's yeah he's he's inserted himself in that Fucking conversation. Hell, him and Li Jingliang would be something. Let's do it. This violence. Yeah, you violence. pick anybody, Lyman, good, whoever you want. That's violent. Hook those two up. Even though I don't want to see the leech get head kicked. So he would be the only person <laughs> like to eat it and then just be totally okay with it. Right. <laughs> I like Lyman good though, even though like he's not a big name. If if. Lyman Good, not to go on another side tangent, his UFC run has been, like, a lot better than what maybe I was giving him credit that I thought it would be. Right. He's looked really good in his fight. Even the one that he dropped to, um, I don't lose to. Zalewski. He lost to somebody. Yeah. He still looked good in that fight. Oh, man. But, um, no, nah, yeah, Jeff Neal. Yeah, th- this dude, like I said, uh, Fortis MMA, I don't know what they're doing in that gym. I don't know who they're training with. I don't know what secret camp. Or... Secret camp. <laughs> I don't know what's going on down there, but it is working. 
Um, and they all they all seem yeah, like they're improving, which is a really big deal. Like you, because you have certain gyms. You don't want to throw any names out there, but like one in Sacramento where it's like guys come in really hot and then they. <laughs> what's so funny? <laughs> I was saying you have certain gyms out there that like not just not just team mouth mail, but you could pick a random gym where it's like guys get really good and then they plateau really hard and like these guys are still improving. So salute to them. They're putting together a hell of a run. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm interested to see how how far the the Jeff Neal train can go. Because yeah, that that head kick is gonna give anybody. Sky's the limit, man. Yeah, yeah, that that dude is is somebody to to look out for. So shout out to Jeff Neal and and Bilal for just putting on an amazing fight. And the last fight of the evening, uh, Chance Recounter versus Kyle Stewart. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember much of this fight other than like Chance getting takedown. Rear naked choke. Yeah. I have a hard... Man, I'm so like... Uh, I, I don't know what term I would use for it, but I think I'm just exhausted, I guess would be the best way to put it, yes. because I can't even think of a good chance encounter choke. So, <laughs> like, uh, chance, good for chance You're encounter. Right. He went through three different opponents. That sucks. That's so frustrating. And he got the finish, so I'm salute to him. And obviously, I think they said in the broadcast, like, he, I think this is his first time, like, having a full training, like, he's doing this, like, full-time now, like, it's, because yeah, I think he had, like, a job before. That's insane, because we're he, talking about Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal still works at, like, a... Yeah, he's, like, he's like a yeah. waiter, or, like, a, yeah, that's crazy. Jeff Neal needs to be doing, that, and that's kind of scary, though, because it's, like... <laughs> he can get so much better if he's yeah, focused. Right, he can get, yeah. Somebody throw Jeff Neal, like, $80,000, and... <laughs> Like, let him. Do you imagine debating your not. bill with Jeff Neal? <laughs> he, he sees you in the parking lot on the way out after his shift. <laughs> he just head kicks you when you when you go to. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up and like two weeks have passed. Just tell, <laughs> just do it. You wake up like Robin Williams and uh, Jim. What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> just throw a tarp over you at the back of whatever restaurant this is. You just sleep it off. Oh, Chance man. encounter though, good good for him. Like he's had a rough go of it. He he got signed like on four days notice and fought Bilal fucking Muhammad. Speaking of which, and like that's not easy. And he did not look good. And he came out and he handled business. So salute to him. And uh, I also like his nickname. And the the bad part is I can't even remember it. I think it's like the Black Eagle. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that was UFC uh, on ESPN Plus. We made one. it. We did. We made it. Um, it 404. is 4:04 in the morning. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I got to shovel this snow tomorrow because there's an ice storm outside. Oh, <clears throat> this this is what we do for you guys. We stayed up extra, extra late. And uh, I close me. Nah, we... <laughs> I need like payment. <laughs> Catch up, <laughs> but uh, no, this this was a really fun card. Um, o- overall, just I think it was a really good ESPN debut, right. just from production quality to everything seemed like it, it worked. And even though the, the Greg Hardy thing, yeah, like, whatever it, that it, aside, yeah, perfect. Like, if you remove the car crash that was the co-main event, if you just took Greg Hardy yeah, entirely it, out of the equation, um, this is probably one of the better UFC cards potentially ever. Um. But you know, you had the car, you had the car crash, which was designed. They, they wanted him here on this card. 
if ESPN didn't want him, he wouldn't be on it. Uh, they wanted him here, and he probably got a lot of eyeballs, and hopefully those eyeballs stuck around to watch Henry Cejudo. Right. And, uh, you know, that's the positive, I guess, of a very ugly negative situation. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, it was it was a great it was a great card. Like very very entertaining and something for everybody. Yeah. Just knockouts and subs and it was a lot going on this card. Like we said, it, pretty much every fight was entertaining. There weren't and even the two hundred fivers who we make fun of every podcast. <laughs> they came out. They showed out. The flyweights showed that they need to still be here. Um, and Joanne Calderwood's out here leveling up, and Donald Cerrone just hit a whole new level. And pacing matters. This card felt so much shorter. Yeah. So, so congrats, Salutes. man. Good, good, good job on the UFC kicking off the year um, with, with a nice car, G- giving us some 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 good violence to to kick off Damn 2009. Straight. In style. Yeah. So real quick before we leave, pardon shots and shout outs. I don't have any shots. Uh, I guess just well, me for like that whole Greg Hardy like that was like a pain to speak through. So I guess I spanked myself on the wrist. For not thinking out my thoughts a little clearer. Um, I'm my harshest critic, folks. Because Anna Cool's not here to yell at me. Uh, if he was <laughs> Anna Cool, parting shot to Anna Cool for not being here. Uh, Stokes, you too. It's only like one where you're at. I don't know where you're at, buddy. Um, no, nah, like, like all in all, this is a great card. For the most part, the week was... Uh, uh, the real world, there was too many people to give parting shots to. In the real world... <laughs> so, if the worst we got was like uh, a small blip on an otherwise good night then i got nobody to nobody to uh, poke fingers at so all's well i guess right there we go pa- yeah i mean th- you know what 2019 is not off to the worst start ever so we'll we'll survive in mma land yeah i, I got two quick uh shout outs um uh, first shout out goes to Francis Ngannou. Uh, I read a story about uh, he actually opened up the uh, first, I guess, first of its kind uh, MMA and combat sports gym uh, in his native uh, in his native country of uh, Cameroon. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome um, that you know all those you know people up there will have that opportunity to have a, a gym to work at. I think it'll be like I think he said it's like MMA and boxing. You know, e- either way, like they'll be like an official gym up there, which is something they. You know, prior to him, you know, his rise to stardom, so to speak, like they haven't had. So um, that that's, you know, just awesome on on Engano for, you know, being able to give back to where he came from and, you know, making a positive impact. So shout out to him. That that was an awesome story. And <laughs> shout out to Danny Trejo, who's going to be a special ring announcer for Karate Combat. Oh, yeah, I did hear about um, that. <laughs> Yeah, on their Hollywood card uh, on January 24th. So we're recording this. Well, it's the 20th now. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be 21st or 22nd. So uh, on January 24th, if you want to hear Danny Trejo commentate on Karate Combat, you know you should watch that. I'm definitely watching that. Uh, oh, uh, one person. <laughs> uh, one more thing. Uh, a put. Uh, what? What? Wait. What is the opposite of the parting shot? I just totally forgot. Oh, hold up. One more shout-out. Oh, shout-out. Okay, I got one. Glad you go. Oh, good. Shout-outs to um, Yosuke Saruta, uh, who defeated Joshua, ah, Joshua Paceo for the strawweight title in uh, 1FC. Uh, haven't had, like, a... I can't remember the last Japanese MMA champ. And, like, 
one of like the big three organizations. <laughs> he's like the he's the first one I can I think say, of. I hope Ryzen has a few. Well, yeah. Well, all right, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I hope Ryzen has but, one. But shout outs to him. I, I I watched. I didn't get a chance to catch all of the one card because I was at work, and I didn't even catch the main event in full. I just kind of saw it in spurts. But it looked like a really fun fight. Um, but yeah, shout outs to him because he, he he took the belt from uh Paceo. Um, and I always root for Japanese fighters. So Japanese guy winning the world title, I'm all for it. So shout out to him. Concur. And that's all I, uh, I guess my only shout out would be to Alvin Kamara. Apparently, I just found this out like recently. I don't know if it's been widely reported, but like one week, like one day of the season, he works like a blue collar job, like in the city. And a... so listen, I was holding my listen. phone and I dropped okay. it. And I I hit the airplane button. All right. I was about to say, if you're about to tell me that we weren't recording. No, I hit the airplane uh, button and it, uh, I messed up my internet connection. Right. Are we still on? I'm sorry. You, uh, yeah, I guess. Jesus yeah, I'll edit this some funky way. <laughs> but uh, you were in the middle of a shot. No, just Alvin Kamara. He, uh, he, um, shit, how do I put, the, how do I, I'm trying to plug my laptop in that's dying. He works a blue-collar job like every week of the season, and he was a garbage man this week, which I thought was pretty cool. So that was my shout-out. There you go. Shout, shout out. Are we tomorrow. still doing this? We are. <laughs> yeah, I never disconnected the call. <laughs> so uh, sorry, you guys probably uh, heard some funky edit for that because. I was a lame, and I dropped my phone, and I hit a button on my laptop that I should have because I dropped my phone. Yeah, it is 4 a.m. Um, so, with that being said, um, you know, thank you, Joey, for, for filling in uh, for this episode. I didn't want to come here and talk to myself right. for, like, <laughs> it would have been kind of lame. So, <laughs> thank you for, for joining me, um, and thank you guys for listening, yeah. man. Please, you know, Post the episode, repost, share with a friend, tag a friend, all that good stuff, yep. man. You know, I, I want to help the podcast grow in, in 2019, and I'll, I'll need you guys' help. So, you know, just share with anybody you know who's a fight fan, because there'll be plenty of fights to talk about this year. Yep. So, we always have content, never a lack of fights going on. But, uh, yeah, man, it's 4 in the morning, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get out of here. So, as always, man... Anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be the ah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We will be there to talk about it. Share this podcast with a friend and be safe. Have a good Have 2019. A good, yep. Uh, yep. And until next time, we will catch you guys later. Goodbye.